0: Um, if if I were to a, have ask you to guess who the third most important character is, Scott Pilgrim and then Ramona, who the third most important character in the in the books is, who would you put? Is it one hundred
1: percent, my boy Young Neil? Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> he has a whole arc. He
2: becomes full Neil.
0: He becomes Neil. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to MovieStruck, the podcast about movies and the people who watch them. I'm your host, Sophia Ricciardi, and I am joined today by not one, but two former MovieStruck alumni, uh, Tess and Austin, who you may remember from the Tron Legacy and Sky High episodes, (laughs) respectively. Uh, Guys, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you. I know we're breaking the mold on this one. I'm very excited.
1: yes. We're testing out a new format, so if you guys really fuck it up, like that's we're never doing this again. So on your best
3: behavior, right. both of you.
0: <laughs> I would love to be part of the only two guest episode. Sounds... Yes. Yeah,
3: be the part of the podcast that the episode that killed this the podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the, of
1: the-, yes. Yes. the death of my my hobby yes thank you so much for that um well and you know i was really excited for you guys to come on because you know we're all we're all friends in in the real world not here in cyberspace but also because you picked um a movie that might be the most requested movie we've gotten from fans of the show uh and that's Is that true it's it's true and so i have uh, one question for the both of you and it's the question I ask every time you've been asked it before. Why did we watch Scott
3: Pilgrim versus the world? Well, um, we actually, we Austin and I have been begging to come back and do this <laughs> movie together for like a while. It was either going to be this or, or man from uncle. Um, and, yes. uh, those are going to be like our, that, those are like our top two. Cause we're both such huge fans of both of those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were like, Without a doubt, if we were invited back, <laughs> if then those one of those two movies are going to be it. And then Austin and I had talked about it for like approximately 0. 0.5 seconds, and Austin was like, "We got to do Scott Pilgrim," and I was like, "Okay, we'll do Scott Pilgrim."
0: Yeah, well, especially on the the last movie, uh, Sky High had Mary Elizabeth Winstead, course, and I was yes. like, "I gotta." I think I trend. made a joke. I, yes. I think I made two conflicting promises there, where I said I would continue next time we would do a Disney Channel original movie. And then I said I would also continue with the married Elizabeth Winston <laughs> universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, we went with the latter.
1: Yes. Both great options, but I'm glad we landed on the one we did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you didn't want to watch Lemonade Mouse?
1: Uh, I would have I would have done lemonade math too. Here's what I've learned about this podcast. People pick two kinds of movies. They pick really thinky, well-constructed classic sci-fi masterpieces and they pick the best worst movie they saw in 2005. And having both of you back on, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a best worst 2005 all the way." And so to me, it's just a miracle that we didn't end up with lemonade
0: math. I was going to say this is hardly a best worst. This is hardly yeah. yes. a best
2: worst.
1: This is this falls
0: squarely into awesome.
1: Oh, yes. for sure. Uh, so to get into it, opening as awesome as we are describing it, and I want to kind of preface this episode with if you haven't seen this movie, I highly recommend watching it because there's no way for me to describe it that will be better than actually just watching this movie. Yeah, Edgar Wright is a visual uh, storytelling Rates master. visual storytelling in this in this film. But I tried to note on it and explain a bit as I go through the plot summary, but there's just so much happening on screen <laughs> at any given moment that you really got to like watch it to get the full experience. Uh, but we open on an 8-bit Universal logo and theme because this movie is nothing if not aesthetically committed to the bit. And a narrator introduces us... To the 8-bit. To the 8-bit, <laughs> as <you> would, yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, um... And a narrator introduces us to
3: Toronto, Canada, where Scott Pilgrim is dating a high schooler. Uh,
2: Narrated
0: by Bill
3: Hader, by the way. Yes. I I just realized that. Yes. Yes. I had no idea. Uh, I I looked it up. I was like, wait, this voice sounds really familiar. (laughs) And I, like, he's at the very, very end of the IMDb page, narrator Bill Hader. And I was like, Mm. oh, shit. That's awesome.
0: So. Okay, so as we start with it, because both the Universal logo and the text are very important to this, yes. I want to ask, and we've already talked about this a little bit, mm-hmm. but have you, either of you read the graphic novel series, the six-volume series by uh, Brian Lee O'Malley?
1: Yeah, I've orbited around it a few times, but I've never quite made the landing and actually read the series. It's sort of like, it was It was prime it it's. A miracle that I haven't because it was prime Sophia's middle school graphic novel phase. I should have read it and I just missed it entirely. So I've only seen the movie.
3: I have read the first volume, but it was so long ago. It was probably back in like, like pr- either right after I saw the movie or uh, like a, a bit around, like a while ago. So it's, it's, it's been a hot minute. Uh, I do like though, gotcha. we'll probably take note of this later, but I they do incorporate the same artists, uh, graphic style into the movie in mm-hmm. certain yeah. flashbacks, which is, like, yep. so fun. And also, what I'm sure – Austin, as I'm sure, you, since you were a fan of the graphic novel, <laughs> that you enjoyed. Uh,
0: yes. But yeah. So, the the, yes, the, the book cool. is written and illustrated by Brian Lee O'Malley. Yeah. So, that's his art as well. He's, I believe, the only – I think he did the inkings and colorings as well. Um, I believe he's the only contributor to it. Yeah. Um, and it's his, like, second big work. It follows his first, which is a graphic novel called Lost at Sea. Um, This is all to say that the comic series is very, uh, the the movie rips straight from it. In Mm -hmm. fact, the entire first volume is basically adapted visual for visual, panel by panel. And uh, although the movie released before the final graphic novel, uh, the final volume was released, actually. So Mm -hmm. five volumes were out when the movie came out, and then volume six came out and finished it. Uh, Series itself heavily draws on uh, video games, comics, and anime influences, and that comes across obviously right away um, with all of the decisions just in the first 30 seconds. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, There's a lot of, you know, the the font is obviously the same as it would be in in the comic. And there's a lot of like titles and uh, play cards that would be there to guide you through a series of panels meant to show the progression of time. But instead here, obviously it's a movie. There's other visual cues added in there. You get a lot of onomatopoeia words popping (laughs) on screen, which I love. That's maybe my favorite (laughs) visual choice of the entire movie is every time there's like a phone (laughs) ringing or a door knock. You, you get, get uh, like, knock-knock popping yeah. up in little faded texts, and I love that shit. I think it's so fun. I wish that happened in real life. I wish when I knocked on the door, people could see that I was there in addition to hearing it.
0: My second favorite joke in the whole movie, uh, the thing I laughed so hard, I had to pause the movie, what was happening, is one of those onomatopoeia things really near the end, yeah. and we'll, we'll get we'll to get I that. I know your first
3: favorite spot. joke.
1: <laughs> we'll get to it. Well,
0: I think we'll get to that I one think we'll, we'll get to that
1: one. Uh, right now we're in a dingy kitchen where all of these friends are ribbing Scott for, again, dating a high schooler, Knives Chow, who's 17 years old. Uh, Ding-dong goes the onomatopoeia of the bell. <laughs> I noted that. I wrote it down. It was the fir- It's the third note I have written for this movie is related to the onomatopoeia because I love it that much. Speaking of Knives, she's here. Scott asks her to, you know, be good and behave. And as they have a really awkward moment, uh, Steven, another member of the band, jumps in. Uh, he is described as, quote-unquote, the talent. Um, every time a new character is introduced, they have a little character, um, card. character card that pops up on screen as a graphic. It has their name. Sometimes their it has a nickname. It has their age, etc. And sort of their role in the show. Um, did they have these pop up in the comic? Because this is pretty common in comics. Yes, so, yeah.
0: yeah, so the whole um, Scott sees uh, all of them this way. Mm-hmm. And it's this thing he specifically alludes to at some point. For example, when he... Uh, meets Ramona, it says like Ramona flowers and then like age question mark. And she comments on that later on where she's like, you don't know how old I am. And he's like, your age question mark. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's, it's all feeds into the fact that Scott is uh, unobservant of of the world around him trapped in his own head, which is, which is a big theme of the whole comic, especially with Ramona being like trapped in your own head. And uh, first off, the casting, I, okay. There are two things I don't like about this movie, and Ooh, I want to get one no. of them out of the way because the My last one is near still. the end. Uh, first off, the casting is impeccable. Yes. Uh, never before 100%. have there been better uh, page-to-screen uh, <laughs> adaptations. It's insane that anyone could look that much like Kim Pine, uh, <laughs> but they, but she does. Um, the th- one, the first thing I do not like about this movie is I do not care for the casting of Michael Sarah.
2: I think Michael Sarah
0: completely misses the mark of Scott as the character and I'm curious what your thoughts are. I
1: kind of agree with you and I was curious to hear your take on this because obviously I haven't read the comics so I have no grounding for what the character is supposed to be like but watching this movie uh this is the first time I've watched it in a couple years and watching it now I'm like you know the character of Scott the way I'm picturing him in my head and the way he's acting in this movie doesn't match the face of Michael Sarah. I kind of want him to be Less um soft and non threatening and almost more of like the grungy rock asshole that a lot of his friends look like. I, I want him to match his setting more. I feel like Michael Sarah is just too um
3: a little too George a Michael little Luke. a little too
1: George Michael Luke, A little <laughs> too soft for like the character that they're trying to say Scott is, and it, it's building a different version of the character. I'm not sure if that's what your statement comes from.
0: Yeah. I, I think that you're, yeah, exactly what you said is, it's like halfway between mm. those two. It's a little column a, a, little column B between what you said and between what they went with. Yeah, I think that the main point of Scott, and if you watch the movie, you get this, Scott's pathetic.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Right? He, he really is. He's dating a high schooler because it's simple, um, because uh, it makes him feel important. Um, and he doesn't really have to commit that much in order to be impressive to her. He's very impressive all on his own, which is what mm-hmm. the whole opening title sequence is with the music, right? He doesn't have to grow or change in order to be yeah. cool to her. Uh, he's super pathetic, but he constantly and uh, tricks people into thinking he's not based on his outward persona, which is a uh, cool coolish member of the bands mm-hmm. of sex uh, like sex bomb <laughs> <laughs> which is a great a great band so name. good, um, so good. <laughs> uh he's uh yeah he's he's got kind of like that aura but also he seen he projects like the nice guy aura mm-hmm. so that he's less yeah. assholy, especially next to uh steven and kim and yeah. stuff like yeah. that uh, i think the michael cera is too uh it takes the subtext and makes it text yes in the sense yes, of exactly his, uh, tiny punchable face and <laughs> yeah. soft, uh, broken baby bird voice.
3: Yes, the most okay. unbelievable thing to me. I know there's a lot of like, you know, obviously it's not pretending to be the movie isn't pretend to be realistic, but like the most unbelievable thing to me about Michael Sarah's uh, Scott Pilgrim is how much he pulls. Like,
0: <laughs> well, that's I the whole thing. I don't
3: understand yeah. it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's supposed to be slightly unsurprising how much he pulls, mm-hmm. uh, but that it's once you get to know him, it's surprising. Which is why characters have right. known him a really long time, yeah. like um,
1: oh, Wallace, uh, Sims, uh, Aubrey Plaza's yeah. character, oh uh, Julie, oh, yes, I kept writing Julie. Thank Aubrey you, Aubrey Plaza
0: plays the, <laughs>
3: the Julie, Julie, the best A's. character, <laughs> the best character <laughs> in
1: the. Movie. Um, oh, I kept miswriting her, and she and hints at that that's the movie. Mind. Yeah, no, she hits a great.
0: I think... Yeah. Uh, she, Stacey, Stacey. Stacey is the poster. sister. Um, is, yeah. She hints at that in the movie when she's like, what about all these times you've hurt these women? Mm-hmm, and right. he's very... Um, he's supposed to be very... He, he thinks of himself as the nice guy and as the soft one. Right. Uh, and so people flock to that. And it's why he doesn't think he can, like, hurt women, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, I'm not yeah. cool. I'm, I'm Xander from Buffy. Uh-huh. I'm not cool enough <laughs> to, to big And then when I do, uh, they get hurt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is the third podcast or third instance where both of us have been on some sort of audio programming that I think you brought up, Buffy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, he does bring up Buffy to I, his life a lot.
0: <laughs> Buffy... Is good, is but if we start, if we start going start down that pole, we're going um, to so be here for six hours. And we're already going to be here for six hours. Please continue. But the point of all this is that I think the opening is really cool because it make it. Knives sees how cool Scott is. Yes. That's supposed to be how we all see him, even though he's got Michael Cera. Yes,
1: uh, and yeah. so it. We go from this kitchen to band practice, where all of the sex bomb ba bombs sex ba sex ba sex ba <laughs> I thought from my whole childhood that those are pronounced ba moms, and so. <laughs>
3: I mean, that's something else. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the, isn't it the, the thing, the, uh, the, the uh, In Mario, right?
1: Yes. 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 Is, is that, that not what their, yeah. is that not what their name, yeah.
0: their band no? is <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's named after the Mario thing. Yeah.
1: What? The bob it's No, but yeah. it's not bob bomb. it's, it's bub That's it? how they
0: say it though. I don't know what to thought <laughs>
1: Canada, man. Isn't it bub- bob <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and like, alienate all, all of our Canadian Instead of
0: repeating
3: the last few letters, it's repeating the first few letters. Come here. on, we ca- someone looked this up. B- bomb,
0: bomb, ba bomb, sex ba bomb. It's just basically saying bomb twice. Sex ba bomb. Okay,
3: no, see, those are bomb bombs. But then look up sex ba bomb. <laughs> it's just gonna show the band from Scott Pilgrim. Exactly. Okay. Anyway, the way they say in the
1: movie is sex ba bomb. I constantly wrote it down and pronounced it as sex ba bomb. If that is going to bother <laughs> you in this podcast, you might as well have to click out now.
0: because I'm gonna mess it up.
1: Uh, but that band... I was going to
0: say, if you, if hearing <laughs> worth mispronounced bothers you, you shouldn't be, you listening, should be listening to, to uh, Sophia podcasts. Podcast.
1: Um, inside, the members of Sex Ba Bomb are <laughs> getting ready and they're kind of introduced in their own way. Uh, we have Kim on the drums. She's a very deadpan. She's an ex of Scott's from high school. And young Neil, who is young and his name is Neil. He does everything that Scott does, but somehow less problematically. Uh, also, he's playing. <laughs> Knives asks him what he plays in the band, uh, and he responds with Zelda and Tetris. <laughs> And also that it's a complex question. I, I love young Neil. <laughs> I do. <laughs> the moment he shows up, it's going to be like, oh, you're, you are pulling off with Young a, Neil. Yes, please.
0: Young Neil's the same amazing joke that they pull off in Bob's Burgers yes. where they introduce regular size Rudy <laughs> after talking about small Rudy. Yes. And then the other Rudy is never brought up again. And for the rest of the series, they simply refer to him as regular size Rudy. <laughs> and if you missed that one joke, you don't get it.
1: Uh, and as they begin all of their sets and songs, uh, Kim yells out, we are sex, ba and yada, 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 some series of words about what they're about to do, make you feel bad and cry about stuff, etc. Uh, and so the first song begins, a.k.a. the title sequence that Austin alluded to. Uh, <laughs> so we go good. into... So we kind of watch them play in this very dingy living room as Knives sits on the couch and is extremely enamored in all of their performance. She's like fully drawn into the rock and roll of it all. And as we kind of see this little scene play out, very graffiti-esque titles pop in for all of our main cast. And again, this cast is stacked. Every- so stacked. <laughs> it's the beginning of a lot of careers for actors who are now people. very big. Chris so, Evans
3: is in Chris it. Chris Evans
1: is Larson is in, Larson. Is in Larson. it. Of course we have Mary Ele- Elizabeth Winstead. Yep. As- otherwise Austin wouldn't be on this podcast. Oh <laughs> um, uh, yes.
0: You'd have to do this without me. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh just a-, a number of names. Uh the guy that um Jess dates in that turns out to be her cousin in New Girl. Yeah, he's in it for a hot sec. <laughs> he's in it for a hot sec. It's Star Studded. Yeah. Obviously, these are all the same caliber of actors. <laughs> so we don't need to get into it.
0: Uh, Brandon, Brandon Roush Roo, who yeah, played Superman yeah, yeah. on the big Superman. screen and then the Adam yes. on the
1: CW. <laughs> for those two uh, things, can yes, yes, yes. this? Uh, they're all here. We get their introduction. Uh, and, you know, Knives gets her moment of being like, wow, this band is so cool. I see them as like this crazy Speaking rock band. Speaking of roll New Girl,
3: that guy that um, uh, Cece is uh, engaged to is the first Evil X.
1: Yes. Yes, he's yes, yeah. yes. Well, New Girl alum. Yes. <laughs> A lot of New Girl people in <laughs> the New Girl alumni. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Uh, and the song ends with Knives declaring that the band is so amazing. Later on, they're all chatting, and the gang's like, "Knife seems nice." Uh, Kim says a line that I noted down because I love all of Kim's lines so much. Oh my god! Uh, yes. Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. <laughs> Incredible. After practice, he uh, gets back home to the apartment he shares with his roommate Wallace Wells. Which, speaking of oh, star-studded yes. casts, Karen, can- Culkin. Karen Culkin um i love him so uh, much succession fame absolutely killing the game in this one Um, a
0: show i've never watched but apparently he's doing the same character it's the same character but straight
1: i think i don't know i've only
3: seen like three episodes to be fair
1: this character has um two notable traits that you need to know for this movie wallace is uh, scott's gay roommate and also he shows up for almost every fight and just gives color commentary and that's his whole thing like that's his whole role in the movie
3: he, yeah, he's.
1: Yeah,
0: he's supposed to be almost mentory to Scott because there's really no one old. Yeah. Stephen Stills, I think, is technically older, but there's no like adults mm-hmm. quotes, and they're all you know over eighteen. But there's no like adults in this series, and Wallace so to is speak. Just... You meet Scott's parents once. Wallace not is supposed adult. to kind of be the adult. <laughs> he's in the not room.
1: adult. <laughs> uh, it's the same. It's like when you go off to college and you live with all your like 20 something friends and it's yeah. like, oh, we're all the adults, but none of us are the adults. And so someone naturally exactly. rises to the top as like the mom friend or the dad friend. Wallace is the dad friend yeah. in this group.
0: Yeah, he's he well he's con- he he might seem directionless, but he's very confident yes, at what he's that's doing, true. and he's also very <laughs> encouraging to Scott and tends to give him advice that is good. Yes. He do,
3: he does know what which is he all wants. you can
0: expect. Like, yeah, at least and you can yes, say exactly. he, he
3: knows what he wants. You can say that yes.
1: about him. and, and you. <laughs> get he basically
0: achieves everything he sets out. Yes, to. Yeah, that's yeah,
1: true. And you get that pretty much right away when you meet him, because Scott walks into a dark apartment where an un- unseen figure is reading the newspaper, as we'll later learn, Wallace <laughs> Wells. Uh, and Scott tries to like nonchalantly say, "Oh, I'm I'm seeing a 17 year old," and Wallace immediately starts giving him a hard time. <laughs> uh, they do a little reveal of like, uh, you know, we only have one bed in this apartment, so we all just kind of sleep in the on the floor <laughs> in the mattress. Um, we get a rundown of like whose stuff is who's in the apartment as uh, Scott tells Wallace not to tell his sister about the 17 year old thing, and immediately more phone onomatopoeia pops up. It's because Stacy is calling. <laughs> who who wants to call out this famous face that's p- appearing in the movie? Because we've hit another notable cast member. This is Anna Kendrick. Yes. Uh, Anna Kendrick, aka Stacy, Scott's sister, gives him a call and starts yelling at him about the 17 year old thing, rightfully so. And she's like, I heard from Wallace who somehow has already texted you walking into the room. That's the beginning of his superpowers. Uh, Scott brings <laughs> her up to speed and she kind of drops a little bit of lore for us and revealing that Scott uh, was dumped a year ago. This is his first relationship, quote unquote, since the big breakup.
3: Uh, with she who will not be named. With she who will
1: not be named.
0: <laughs>
1: Ooh. Ooh. I wonder
0: if she'll be important. <laughs> the answer is not nearly as much as in the I comic know. where she oh, shows up a whole bunch. That
1: makes sense. <laughs> Interesting. I like how <laughs> she's much, in it a whole lot. I like how much they use her in this movie in terms of like yeah. how the character plays off and the scenes they put her in. I do kind of wish they talked about her just like ten percent less in the dialogue leading up yeah. to because it, it it does feel like this feels like the character should be more important than they are in the movie for how much they're discussed. But it doesn't like break the illusion. So there's not a lot else to talk about, so it doesn't totally kill it. But
0: it's amazing how much they do fit into this movie, considering they fully take like the full first volume, and that's basically happens beat for beat uh i've written it down the movie is moving so fast because we're gonna meet like the whole crux of this like uh, the the tension Ram- ramona not very far into it yeah. and mm-hmm. he's gonna be dating her not very far into oh,
1: yeah. it oh yeah yeah
0: and then he has to defeat evil X's after <laughs> seven that. of yeah.
1: them in fact uh seven evil X's. you could say i'm in a weird mood uh <laughs> So Scott and Wallace the next day go to pick up Knives after school, uh, which Wallace is rightfully miffed about. And Wallace tells Knives, like, you can get out of this. You're too good for Scott. Uh, run. And then he <laughs> leaves the scene. And we go into a <laughs> the arcade Is a Mortal Kombat Dance Dance Revolution combo game starts going up the screen as Scott and Knives yes. play Dance Dance Revolution Ninjified. Uh, they're, in, they're in great sync. We watch them go through the rest of a date. They go get a slice of pizza and then hit the Goodwill. Oh, while Knives talks about how much Scott's band rocks. And she's like, I've had very little exposure to rock music. This is a big, like, awakening for her. She's really into it. Uh, And it's, you can kind of get the sense of, like, Knives' character at this point was very sheltered. And now she's like, rock and roll, baby. Very much baby's first rock band. She's being corrupted. Um,
0: Yes. So much, I mean, so so to talk about the director, so much of Edgar Wright's thing is, like, the setup and payoff, Mm -hmm. right? And this is definitely like the biggest oh, piece yeah. is the is the get the video game, oh, yeah. um, as well as just the whole montage in general. Because mm-hmm. he'll he'll repeat that as well. But um, if you're if you're looking for like the the best example of it, the fact that there's it's setup reversal and then payoff for the uh, uh, the Ninja Dance Dance yes. Revolution mm-hmm. game is super cool. Yeah. Um. And I noted in that in multiple but ways. It's, it's, I will say, and like more yes. than one way,
3: mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. They
1: they managed to use it. Uh, as both yeah. a structuring device to show us kind of where Scott is at in the plot, and also as a way to explore the different relationships between yeah, characters, mostly Knives and Scott, and then also with just a great visual of like, <laughs> Kung Fu um, break dancing. I, yeah, no I have idea. no idea. At first I was like, oh, Whatever Mortal you Kombat, fight, and absolutely. then it's Dance Dance Revolution, yeah. and then it's Mortal Kombat and Dance Dance Revolution all at once, which is a game I desperately yeah, want to play, but I have absolutely no it. access
3: to. <laughs> I want to play it so bad. It looks really looks fun. fun.
1: Um, <laughs> But continuing on their date, uh they go to a record store where Aubrey Plaza, aka Julie, uh best scares the movie. best character in the movie, scares know. knives as she tries to buy a The Clash at Demon Head. Demon Head. Demon I Head, kept writing yeah. their name as The Clash for shorthand in my notes, and I'm like, that's wrong. That's a different band entirely. Um <laughs>
0: The Clash is yes. Yeah. They're <laughs> on separate thing. Uh
1: as she tries to buy this uh album with Envy Adams as the lead singer, who is we as we find out from Scott's distaste. His ex, who signed with a major label and left Toronto, Uh, Knives admits that she's never even kissed a guy. And Scott says, him neither.
3: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then the scene, then scene. End end scene. Good deflection,
1: Scott. Good deflection. Good good try. Um, They go to Scott's place, walking across the street to the house where he grew up. So he hasn't moved that much from the place he started in his life.
0: He literally has not gone very far in life. No, he's
3: gone across the road. Uh, <laughs> Austin's face right now because he's dramatization. He's, ooh, Austin's face right after he said that because he's revealed yes. such a dramatic, them- thematically appropriate piece of the puzzle. Yes,
1: yes, it's all coming together. Um, as they admire his uh, childhood home, the sun shines bright, and Scott finds himself alone in a very pale desert as a woman with bright pink hair rollerblades past him. Uh, he wakes up suddenly, waking up Wallace and other Scott, who is Wallace's beau of the night, uh, as as Scott describes the girl in his dream very loudly. Later on, when Scott and Knives are at the library, picking up a bunch of calculus and SAT prep books for Knives, which is, what a throwback. Um, <laughs> uh, and they're walking down the stairs of the library. Garbage man starts blaring in the background as we see Ramona. No, the pink- garbage truck. It's called a garbage truck.
3: Okay. Garbage truck starts. Garbage truck. Yeah. Low key the songs. This song. movie, like they say they're a shitty band, and like I get that, but low key they slap.
0: Like the <laughs> in the in the in the graphic novel they have the chords to the first song they Seriously? play for um for knives. And it says, Now you can play along with Sexbobom. It's not hard. They're not very good.
2: <laughs> That's great. <laughs> They're no, not
1: but, very good, and yet somehow I have all of the songs from this yeah. movie still on my, like, Spotify save playlist. So, and, is there are <laughs> <local okay. rate>? low-key
0: <laughs> I gotta ask, what do you guys... I guess it just, it just seems like dreamscape. What do you guys make of the big desert scape that he... He returns to this, like, a few times. Yeah. This, this space in his head. I
1: have no idea what to make of it on metaphorical levels, but yeah. they do have a throwaway line later on where Ramona explains why Scott keeps seeing oh, her in yeah. his mind. And I trust yes. the movie on that level, although like I assume it's something that maybe they went into a little bit more on
3: I, the comic. What side. confuses me is that a
0: little bit, it's the most confusing thing in the comic.
3: What, by what far, confuses me is that that is his subconscious, which is a desert with one cactus in it. I, I don't really understand that. To be fair, it's well,
0: weird. in his subconscious, he's all alone <laughs> and lost. Right? Well, yes, but like, why? He, why he, doesn't he doesn't know me? where to go. Why is it a Why desert? Well, desert? sometimes it's a school, though. Sometimes he oh, feels like he's trapped in the a past.
2: School. That's true. Um,
0: but it's it's all the same. It's it's like a, which it's the subspace, which yeah. is like a interdimensional place, and he's just yeah. his head is big and empty, so <laughs> she's able to get good mileage using the subspace in his head. Um, yes, it has more definition. like thematic things in the book, mm-hmm. but here uh, I'm shocked they included it actually because it's so yeah. weird even compared to the weirdness that this movie is.
1: Yeah, it's a it's yeah. a it's working here as like a plot device rather than as being any sort of like plot yes, point. Right. And on that level, it's sort of just kind of confusing. But there's so and much it... going on in every single scene in this movie that it, it's sort of like well, I like, kind of just <laughs> accepted that we're in the desert now because like. We were in like, Mortal yeah. Kombat five minutes ago, so if we want to be in a desert, I'm fine with it.
3: But to be fair, I feel like, because it is the first instance in this movie where we're like, is this actually happening? Is this just a dream? Why is dreaming of somebody he's never met? Like, it's kind of the first, like, not supernatural. Like, he's crossing it, the
1: threshold to yeah, bring it back to the hero's journey.
3: <laughs> he is left Wait, to your, we normal We are world. crossing the threshold from the natural world a little bit here because you can kind of assume that all of the visual tricks and comic book style that Edgar Wright is Mm -hmm. using is can just be like part of the movie and not part of real life but this is kind of the first moment in the movie where it's it kind of crosses that threshold into more than reality mm-hmm. if that makes yeah. sense the
0: same way songs in a musical movie you assume are not diegetic right. they are just part of the device of the story uh you can kind of assume the the ring ring on the screen is not actually yeah, exactly. happening but here's something outside yeah. of the realm of reality that is being. Right, yes. exactly like, yeah
1: yes and as he rockets awake from said desert out of reality we got. I already covered that. Forgot I said that, dear audience. We're, we're yeah. in the library. We're past that. We've moved on. We're in a library. He sees Ramona, and then she rollerblades out of the sea. Sees Ramona in real life. Sees Ramona in real life. She rollerblades yes, out of the sea. at the
0: library. She delivers for Amazon.ca.
1: Yes, yes, Amazon.ca. What's and the website for Amazon.ca? Amazon.ca. Amazon.ca. Uh, later on, Scott is distracted at band practice, and as he makes his way to uh, a party at Julie's place with the rest of his bandmates... Scott is just complaining non-staff about how he doesn't want to go to the party. And when he gets there, he goes to pee and runs into Comeo. Comeo? Como, Comeo.
0: No Comeo,
1: who uh, is the guy from New Girl. Uh, yeah. One of the guys from New Girl. <laughs> who, quote, his subtitle is that he quote unquote knows everyone. So Scott asks him about uh, the girl who has hair like this. And holds up a terrible
3: drawing of Ramona. <laughs> and he knows exactly
1: the who Como it is. But recognizes her immediately. <laughs> <laughs> he knows everyone. Because yes. he knows everyone, yes. It's a superpower. Um, and is informed that it's a rumor that Ramona might be at the party tonight. Scott, now on the hunt, looks for Ramona at the party, finally spotting her in noteworthy pink hair in the otherwise very monotonous crowd. And he slides on up to her, literally, because he slides across the wall as he goes over to her, and asks if she knows Pac-Man. He blows it because this is not an interesting topic of conversation and he does not have his delivery down uh, and then proceeds to stalk well, her until she leaves the party.
0: But that's the interesting thing is when it's with not Ni- he tells, this is this, uh, one of the yeah. first mm-hmm. uh, big callbacks, he told that anecdote to Knives and it goes very smoothly and it impresses her. Yes. But this is, yeah, he's outside, <laughs> like actually reaching for something new and he fumbles he at it instead of just no- doing what he knows he can succeed at.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. Scott tries to ask everyone else at the party about her, uh, and everyone's sort of, like, unhelpful. They're doing a very, like, I heard that, like, Regina George's hair is (laughs) insured for however much millions. Um, The only people who really have good information for him are Julie and Steven, who have sort of an on-again, off-again thing going on, it seems. it's not We really only see it in this one scene. Um,
0: Yeah, they're always dating and breaking up.
1: Yeah, we all know that couple. Uh, And so (laughs) they give the most helpful information, which is, of course, that she works for Amazon.ca, and is recently rumored to be single, although Julie expressly forbids Scott from dating Ramona as she doesn't want him to scare off the coolest girl at the party, and clearly Scott has a history of doing so, which kind of, I think, ties back into what we were talking about earlier with his character. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, seemingly like the nice guy and offensive thing, but he's got a bit of a track record that would go against that sort of persona. Um,
0: yeah, and it's, it's all just fine enough that it seems okay like he mm-hmm. and Kim are still in a band together but yeah he like he has you know been a jerk <laughs> repeatedly. Yes. yes. And he's just kind of shrugging it <laughs> off this whole time. He refuses to to uh, look at the consequences of his actions which is the whole concept of the mega Scott. But
1: Yes. Yes, um. we'll get to the mega Scott. When we get to the mega Scott. <laughs> Later Wallace comes home drunk and wakes up Scott who brings him up to speed about the Ramona situation. Uh, Wallace reminds him that, hey, you know, this is a great reason to break up with your high school girlfriend. (laughs) Um, But as he sort of trails off with that conversation and falls asleep, uh, Scott kind of misses him saying it until he gets a call from his sister once more, who tells him not to two-time knives, uh, Wallace having texted her a moment (laughs) before passing out in his sleep. (laughs) The next morning, Scott places an order on, you guessed it, Amazon.ca, and briefly skims over an email from a Matthew Patel who informs him he'll be fighting Scott soon and we sort of like mumble through what the actual plot of the rest of the movie will be as Scott <laughs> decides the email is boring and promptly deletes it it's a good way to keep us in the dark Yes, we get <laughs> and hints of something to come
0: yeah you, they foreshadow yeah. it and then but also Scott's own incompetence keeps him such and an us in the
1: dark exactly. <laughs> he's such
0: an idiot.
1: <laughs> Speaking of idiots, Scott sits to wait for his package immediately upon placing the order. Like a dog, uh, like waiting for puppy. waiting for their odor
3: to come home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but when the doorbell onomatopoeia rings once more, it's not his package, it's knives. And they go through their same date again. This time, Scott is completely unresponsive and uh, very much just not present. Uh, and when they ninja dance, it's out of sync, indicating to us, the audience, that they are out of sync. Shock and surprise. Hmm. Knives asks if Scott wants to keep going on the game, and as the counter counts down to one without Scott answering, we go to band practice. Uh, and I want to make it clear because they use this counter thing twice. When the counter is counting down, we're not counting down on the game, dear listeners. Oh, no, no. We're not adding a quarter to continue playing the Ninja Dance Storm or whatever it's called. We're adding a quarter to continue this relationship, and we don't know what Scott's done yet, but we're going to get the answer really quickly because at band practice, uh, we see Knives jumping around, so clearly Scott has not ripped that Band-Aid off just yet. Steven informs them that they are in the Toronto International Battle of the Bands, and Knives, who is still there, is very excited for it. Their prize would be a record deal with G-Man Graves, a uh, noted indie record label producer... Knives is very excited for them, but Scott kind of just dismisses himself to pee once more as is sort of his like go-to strategy to get out of situations <laughs> he doesn't want to be true. in. True, it
3: happens like six times.
1: So, <laughs> so many times. It happens a lot. He constantly has
3: to pee.
0: I like when they go to the little like wheel of what excuse he's going to use. Oh yes, no. <laughs> and it's Oh
1: yeah, little. that's good.
0: The pee bar is also the good. Pee bar is good. But the
3: uh... uh, <laughs> yeah, the wheel. Of, I got to pee on her. I got gotta pee on her. Yes. Uh, As Scott
1: goes to pee, when he goes to leave the bathroom, he finds himself in the aforementioned high school hallway lined with lockers where Ramona skates on by to another door at the end of the hallway. It's the door to his apartment. Uh, Waking up, he answers the door, which has a bell ringing, where Ramona is waiting in real life this time. She has a package that he needs to sign for. And he sort of blurts out. Like I thought about asking you out, but that would be stupid. Do you want to go out? And trying to be, you know, small and endearing or whatever. <laughs> uh, she immediately turns him down, and uh, she's just... like, "Oh, are you that Pac-Man guy?" He's like, nah, that was some other dude." Yeah, yeah, referencing <laughs> <laughs> Pac-Man. Right? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um She's just trying to get him to sign for the package, but he manages to sort of talk her into hanging out with him later, and then signs for the package. I this mean, he holds, also,
3: to be fair, he holds her hostage. He does. He <laughs> holds her hostage by not signing the package. She's like, if you sign it, leave it, if will you? If I say yes, will you sign the stamp package or whatever? <laughs> yes. Um,
0: <laughs> if I sign yeah. it, you'll leave. That's how it works. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yes.
1: Uh, and this is also where we get the explanation of why he keeps seeing Ramona in his dreams, other than, like, her being his dream girl. It's, uh, she has, he has a subspace highway in his brain that's super convenient to use in the... And she sort of throws a line in there. It's like, oh, I forget that you guys don't have that in Canada. Because yeah. Because is, of course, from the United States.
0: She's American. She's American. Yes.
1: Which I thought was a fun way for the movie to sort of not need to explain that more. I kind of liked that that was a little of a throwaway. But it's very easy to miss if you're not paying attention to the exact dialogue that they throw out yeah so later that night uh, after scott having
0: so yeah eight o'clock, yeah, eight
1: o'clock they... <laughs> which is another great transition yeah
0: where he says that and then it's it almost says Edgar so me. yeah and you can just fill in the blank it's
3: almost known for his transitions or something <laughs> mm, yes
1: um they meet outside and walk around in the snow chatting a bit scott asks about gideon uh someone who ramona doesn't really want to talk about and as ramona accidentally calls what they're up to a date She's like, you know, there's a door over here somewhere and they float, not walk, float yeah, through the darkness towards the door as uh, Ramona Come Closer plays in the background. Inside of Ramona's place, she reads a very extensive tea list and goes to get Scott a blanket. <laughs> uh, as she does, Scott walks in on her changing and they make out a bunch uh, and then almost have sex, but then they don't. Go consent. Well, uh. Yes.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> I feel like one of the things that has aged better in this movie, because there's a lot yeah. of jokes in here that I'm like, ooh, yeah. that was... Yeah. <laughs> that was 2010. Yeah, um, They're telling a very thin I, line on a lot of the, the yeah. game-related humor, but
1: it's... Yes.
0: Oof. I was watching the deleted scenes for this, and the, the by far the most deleted scenes are from this sequence, mm, and they're all on the swing set. There's huh. a lot of different takes where... Uh, she's like, what was your last job? And he's like, oh, it's a long story filled with heartbreak. By the way, the context for that is that he worked at a restaurant that he really liked, <laughs> and it closed, like, a week oh, later. No. That's the whole That's the whole context for his heartbreak. <laughs> and, uh, job. I mean, fair. Um, that whole sequence goes, like, has a lot of different takes. And I was curious um, what, like, what they, th- that they almost kept, like, very little of it. Yeah. So Ramona is still, like, a big question mark. I feel like. Mm-hmm. And sort of remains that way for the whole movie. Yeah. Yes, um,
3: she's quite mysterious.
0: Definitely the thing I noticed, because w- what are your guys' opinion on the chemistry between Scott <laughs> and
1: Ramona?
2: <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: right? I
1: think part of my problem is that Ramona is so much the, like, mid-2000s uh, manic pixie dream girl archetype. Yes. Where it's kind of hard to, sep- like, it's hard to separate the bleh that that yeah. archetype and the nice guy create in my mind from having watched like Five Hundred Days of Summer too many times. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, I'm not sure how much of it is the fault of the movie, but also I think this is another weakness of kind of casting Michael Cera. Yeah. I just, I, there's not enough of an edge to Scott that I can ever see the two of them really clicking. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he doesn't seem to offer her much, and. Ramona does not seem to be interested. No, Like in right. I,
3: even
0: which yeah. she never seems interested. Which is which gets to my problem at the end. Which again, I I hint the two things I didn't like about this movie: <laughs> Michael, Sarah, and a thing near the end. Um, but it really made me realize that this movie, uh, because the books are way more a slice of life, and like Ramona is a has like a whole her own big arc. Like she is as, almost as prominent a character as Scott is. Um, if. If I were to have ask you to guess who the third most important character is, Scott Pilgrim and then Ramona, who the third most important character in the in the books is, who would you put? Is it one hundred
1: percent, my boy Young Neil? Obviously,
3: (laughs) (laughs) he has a whole arc. He becomes full Neil.
0: He becomes Neil.
3: Is it? Is it Envy?
0: Uh, nope. Okay. It's Kim. Oh,
3: that makes sense. That makes sense.
1: Kim
0: is hugely important in the, I mean, in the book. She is a lot of... And Wallace as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Envy is even a big character. But Kim is kind of always there. And she and Ramona become very good friends. Hmm. Um, and obviously the movie doesn't have space for that. And yeah. I, don't, uh, I don't want any of this like, oh, this is different than the book, to be me like taking points off on this yeah, movie. No. Adaptation is always going to change. That's the point. Starship Troopers is an adaptation of a book that... Spits on the very concept of the book, and that's fine. Like you yes. can adapt and not keep anything, yeah. and that's fine. Yes. Right? Uh, die Hard changes a lot, and that's a good movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just saw that for the first time. Oh wait, uh, what? So I don't want I any of
3: we can't yes. we can't, yes. down the we, die can't hard. we can't <laughs> we can right? one movie. To um, wait, okay, okay, we'll we... talk later, Austin. <laughs> uh,
0: I don't want any of my like oh this is different to be like taken as a point off yeah. from the movie, right? Well, it's a good, disclaimer. but it is interesting that this is a movie about scott and all of the other characters sort of just Mm -hmm. exist to reinforce his own journey as opposed to in the book you have all these other characters get to be real people
3: yeah 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 that is true because
0: like ramona here is really kind of kind of like a prof oh yeah she is very little in the way of character i would say
3: no one else really has their own character Mm -hmm. like except for like maybe Steven and that's like about it they have a lot of
0: personality oh for sure there's a lot of personality in this movie it's all over but they're all all revolve
3: around Scott right like completely which is understandable it is called Scott Pilgrim versus the world but like and I understand that obviously it's a big movie they packed a lot into it they don't have a lot of time to go into other characters that's what graphic novels are for but yeah it is like if you step back and notice that it's a little like Mm -hmm. kind of sad i mean because it's like scott's not even that likable so it's like (laughs) um you're just kind of like forced to just live in his world literally um Mm -hmm. which i you know it's it's still an amazing movie it still very much works but it's a little sad that we're not i I mean i don't know if we're getting any sequels i highly doubt it at this point it didn't do well but no it's the whole story yeah there's nothing left to
0: tell that's true that's
3: true it's one of those movies where I don't think I would want a sequel to it either. Yeah, like, I think it was a,
1: a very well-contained, well-told story. And I don't know if I necessarily... Like, I'm, I'm interested in the other characters, but the existence of the graphic novel, from which yeah, it's based on, then you kind of it. just gives the thing of, like, well, just go read the graphic novel and very experience true. the character's story that way, because that's where it's fleshed yeah. out.
0: There is also Scott Pilgrim vs. The Animation, which is an animated YouTube short prequel uh, that they made for the movie that uses the animation... Uh, and it tells the story of how he gets together with Kim, ah. uh, and also another important character who's not in the movie named Lisa. She's in it as well. Uh, definitely worth checking out. For it's sure. uh, it's super fun.
1: For sure. I also was surprised, and this kind of is going back a point or two to the swing set. Watching this movie, the swing set is used two or three times as a set piece. and You're going
3: it... to talk about the footprints in the snow, aren't you? No, not even a little oh. bit.
1: I was so surprised because the last scene in which the swing set appears, it it feels like the swing set as a location should be more important to me, but because they spend so little time actually talking on the swing set, I'm kind of like, well, I know you were here before, you must live near this place, but I don't understand the emotional impact of this location on you and Ramona, and Scott and Ramona's relationship. Um True.
2: So
0: I think it's a visual metaphor because, and now, again, I've watched a bunch of the deleted Mm -hmm. scenes that were alternate takes of this scene. So um, I think in the final cut, they're not really swinging much, right? Right. I know Scott never swings. Ramona, in the longest take, uh, and this is interesting that they cut this for two reasons, is moving a lot. She is swinging fully back and forth the entire time, which is, of course you know, allusion to their, their life states, Ramona is constantly in motion, uh, never stopping, and Scott is arrested. Uh, also, it's an interesting because it hints at the, like, weird action you're gonna get because she jumps off, mm-hmm. and there's she has a big like comic book boom on the ground. <laughs> uh, so you get, like, the, like, oh, there's, like, comic book physics in yeah. this world as well, because she jumps, like, really high and then lands mm-hmm. big. It's
1: more than uh, just so the So I was curious
0: that they cut both of those things.
1: Yeah, this is the um, one scene where I felt choices. like there was some context that I was missing because overall i think the movie does a really good job of moving us through it in a good clip and i never really felt like i was wanting for more information about stuff but this was the one scene where from a visual metaphor level i'm like something is missing here that i'm just not yeah. getting from the duration of the shot because um, they
3: returned to it um but it's it, yeah because they returned to it at the very end yeah, uh when uh stacy
0: sort of the darkest and, hour yeah if you scott will. and
3: stacy are there
0: um the all is lost moment yes yes
1: but we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, the next morning, as Scott is leaving Ramona's apartment, he invites her to the first round of the Battle of the Bands. Because remember, that's what they're doing. They're in Toronto, <laughs> and they're battling with some bands. Uh, and he gets her phone number, 212-664-7665, and seven X's underneath it. It's a New York number. Uh, and as he asks her the venue... She's from New York. <laughs> is, she, is she from New York? I thought she just lived there. She lived there. there for a while, oh. She
0: I think she, she might not be from there. I think she says where her dad's from at some point, no. but... She's definitely from America.
1: She's from the U.S. And I know that they say that she lived in New York and in the Texas She did live in New York, which is where she might So get, it's yeah. probably just her last number. Um, as he tells her the venue, we cut to rocket for the first battle of the bands. Ramona walks in with the gang already all assembled, including Knives, who has gotten a haircut that looks suspiciously similar to Ramona's. Uh, <laughs> and she asks Scott if he likes her hair. And uh, he t- immediately gets an out once again. Uh, to go warm up in the green room as Crash and the Boys take the stage, <laughs> their rival band. In the green room, Stephen is having pre-show jitters. Wallace, meanwhile, is shaking down Julie's uh boyfriend, Jimmy, in the stand, which will be sort of a bit that's happening in the background throughout this scene.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> so good.
1: good. Uh, <laughs>
0: wallace is all the charisma scott left. yes
1: literally yes exactly wallace is the oh bard of this group in the party comp you know he's know. he dumped everything into charisma i want wallace um, to be the main
3: character
0: <laughs> wallace, what, scott is at his uh scott t- uh, scott takes most of his advice from wallace yeah, at the end and is like at his most wallace and that's when he's at his most likable exactly you
1: know? very true we all need it. we all have a little wallace in us somewhere we just gotta find <laughs> it and that's how we have our heroic art um In, uh, Kim is pissed with the band, Crash and the boys also have a lady drummer. (laughs) and okay, 10-year-old girl drummer.
0: (laughs) I just, like, it's insane. I didn't remember that bit. I remember her being young and a girl. I didn't remember her being, like, literally, like, a 7- to 10-year-old. like, they
3: have a girl drummer?
0: (laughs) Who, Who dies, by the way. Yes. Uh, in the fire explosion. Actually, uh, I think... I don't know if this is in, I think, I don't think it's in Brian Lee O'Malley said this afterwards or something. He's like, oh, when people die in this world, they just re-res in their hometown. Oh
2: my God.
1: <laughs> I believe it. That checks. But I, I like the little like back and forth between Kim and the girl on the Crash and the Boys drums. <laughs> they have a little bit of like, like female drummer rivalry. I think that was a fun uh, character moment for both of them. They start their set with the song, I Am So Sad, I Am Very Sad, which is exactly as long as my read just was. Uh, and Wallace heckles them from the stands, as he is wont to do every time he's on screen. And they go into their next song, which is, of course, dedicated to said heckler. Um, we Hate You, Please Die. And they, as they progressively play better and
0: better. It's not a race,
2: guys. Uh,
1: Steven freaks out his words appearing on screen as he's sort of rambling over the very loud um music which as someone who has uh shot a few live concerts for rock bands that is absolutely what it feels like to talk at one good job edgar Wright, on nailing that vibe (laughs) um scott is just standing and watching ramona who is talking to his whole crew julia and knives uh and julie sort of asks um wait no it was the sister Stacy 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 it makes other names Stacy <laughs> is asking Ramona how she knows Scott and then poses the same question to knives and in order to stop whatever is happening there Scott declares that they gotta play now and they gotta play loud <laughs> Kim screams their name we are sex bomb and we're here to make you do blah, 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 and they jump right into <laughs> garbage truck as knives faints their big number one fan just absolutely vibing <laughs> to the music um the little girl no, dra- she's not because she's out cold. <laughs> she was vibing so hard that she knocked herself out. Yeah. <laughs> um the little girl drummer from The Last Band glares at Kim. It was it was so funny. yeah, It's so good.
2: funny.
0: <laughs> the Kim glare says a thousand so words. So many. The the, the the noise cue from the party before yeah. where he's like, Me and Kim are good and <laughs> he's glaring at him.
3: With like oh, what was that what was the sound effect? is, yeah, it's good. It's um, like a th- it's like a, like a like like a Darth <laughs> Maul has just entered the building cool. like <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> it's there's, in that. there's I mean it's Edgar to go right. There's so many good yeah. interviews if we tried to describe uh, them we'd be here today. I did notice when they first introduced Clash and Demonhead in the record shop and she. Uh, Knives holds up the album. Mm-hmm. The store alarm, like someone is trying to steal something, starts going off in the background, good. and then it ceases when Scott like covers the, cu- yeah. the thing up again. Yeah. It's just this like <laughs> subtle in the background, it's like so uh, a al- literally alarm sounding. It's, it's so
1: clever. It's so clever. I mean, we could be here for hours if just we just talking. talked about it We do just on <laughs> the sound. Um, I think sort of like a blanket statement for Edgar Wright's style as a director is that he really yeah. does a really fantastic job of integrating post and sound into the final cut in a way that a lot of directors kind of just gloss over Yeah, like do okay. They don't even like, think about it. He thinks about everything. There's so much structure to this movie that is built around the songs the bands are playing, uh, that is built around these the recurring musical cues. Uh, and then this movie has the added bonus of being kind of video game stylized as well. So you get a lot that's built around these different kind of transitions in so the um, combat and in the way that like a video game would save and power up. So uh, again... I, I could just recommend you go watch this movie instead of listening
3: to yeah. I know I'm telling
1: people, we to watch this podcast.
0: This might have been I the know, worst movie I for know. us to actually talk it about. In <laughs> <is laughs> auditory own, medium, it
3: is so hard to describe it's this so movie. So visually and, and there's
0: and a, a lot of good stuff to talk how good about, it. Though, is. There's so much to talk about it. I was shocked. There's a lot of meat on the bone. Yeah, bones.
1: speaking <laughs> of uh, meat on the bone, we're about to get into our first fight of the movie. As, uh, <laughs> as they're getting into the song, Matthew Patel bursts through the ceiling, flying in fist-first Superman-style, uh calling out to Mr. Pilgrim as Scott contemplates <laughs> I love that line read. As uh
0: Burst Mr. Evil X. X. <laughs>
1: Uh as I did the shoulder thing, you did the shoulder thing, thing. Yes. The shoulder yes. thing. it's good. Uh, as Matthew Patel begins to challenge Scott to a battle of the X's, uh, Scott <laughs> like, contemplates <laughs> in slow motion what he do what he did and what he should do. And as Wallace ever, ever clear of mind and ready to shout, tells him to fight. fight! Uh, <laughs> Scott the, <laughs>
0: punches uh, out. Put it up there with, um, who's the actor from Godzilla? Is it Ken Watanabe Yeah, yes. let them fight? <laughs> yeah, put those two up there for
1: I, think what I need <laughs> best best line I think what I need most in life <laughs> is best a Wallace, man, yeah. you know? Like you need you to ta- a Wallace. You, need a Wallace. you need a can't take a Wallace well, anywhere because we- <laughs> you lose them when you go out with them, but you need a Wallace to start the night with you at least. Yeah.
0: Can we recut, was it like 2014 Godzilla or something like that? And it's the same movie, except where he says, let them fight. It's just Wallace goes,
1: Fuck! I want it on my desk by Monday, listeners. Um, Scott punches uh, Matthew to the shock of everyone. And Matthew and Scott face off with all the panache of a comic book come to life. Scott getting a 64 hit combo. Uh, and eventually they land in a Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter-style versus screen to get that nice side shot of the both of them facing off. And Scott begins to finally ask some questions about what's going on. Like, who the hell is Matthew? And he explains that he's the first of Ramona's evil ex-boyfriends.
0: Evil exes.
1: Correct. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's like, didn't you get my email? And Scott admits that he just skimmed the email that explains the entire situation and plot the movie. Which makes uh, Matthew very angry, and he lands a few good punches, and winds up for a big hit before the palace of, power of Wallace's heckling throws him off his rhythm, and Scott gets the upper hand once more. Uh, you know, are you gonna Which, ignore the fact that he burns? Why off? does
0: he call a pirate? Do Do you guys know? Because I watched it, I was like, I don't understand what's piratey about him. I
1: guess look, he got like the white open shirt. My, it's not. It's not like. A, yeah sort of thought the eyeliner the eyeliner.
3: is very jack sparrow
2: is it just the eyeliner because of jack sparrow
0: is that all it yeah. is
3: it's very much a uh, Keith Richards impersonator Johnny Depp it was 2010 <laughs> well, yes, of course <laughs>
1: um it was
0: 2010 Those movies <laughs> were yes. fresh we still love are you going to ignore the fact that he burst down. in a
3: song by the way uh no we haven't gotten there yet oh That's... okay well sorry. It's... we haven't hit <laughs> see,
1: that point yet see in the
0: phone, okay. i have to
3: take a note. so
0: on the exact same note how do you guys interpret this like the fight is it like it's you know, there's fighting in the movie, but it seems very out of left field. Oh, right? for sure. Sort of... I, wasn't, I was watching
3: two. this. I forget if I was watching this. I, with my, f- I think I was watching this with my dad for the my dad is seeing it for the first time. I, I think it was my dad. I honestly don't know if dad, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if this was you, but yeah. <laughs> he, I remember the first time this happened, whoever I was watching it with was like what the hell is happening right now? Why is Michael Sarah throwing the, punches?
0: <laughs> the movie wa- definitely wants you to think that this is like out of place. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. what, like, why else would they cut the uh, the foreshadowing with Ramona jumping off the swing right. and doing exactly. like a comic book landing before? Yeah. They want this to be the first time. Yeah. But I find that interesting because in the book, they specifically, this starts happening and for like a panel, you're like, what? And then Kim is like, does this guy know that Scott is the best fight? That's another thing that makes Scott cool is Scott is mm-hmm. actually super good at this. He does this all the time and always wins. She's like, does this guy know Scott's the best guy in the province? And then they talk about (laughs) how his 64-hit combo is a new personal record for Scott. Mm. Uh, Like, this this has come up a bunch of times before. So it's, even though we've never seen it, they talk about it as if it's normal. So I I thought it was interesting that this movie chooses to go the route of the, like, Yeah, "Yeah, this is just a seven evil ex-boyfriend situation where people fight, uh, as opposed to, like, Scott is constantly having this happen (laughs) to him.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I think they sort of, like, allude to that, to the what did I do, what do I do thing. But even that, it almost makes it seem more unexpected than right. you, you Yeah, it makes know. it seem right. like
0: he doesn't know if he's supposed to fight yeah. or not. As opposed to, like, oh, someone showed up to fight me, why are they right.
1: fighting me? Right, right, right.
0: Is it because I'm good at this? Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I, I'm I, kind of glad the movie doesn't go into it, only because I think it would have yeah. bogged down. Uh, It's nearly two hours I think long. it's a strong I choice. I think it's a strong choice. Um, I think it's a
0: strong choice to just be like, this is just I the... Mean, Traumatization of yes, Scott's, like, exactly. having to get over the baggage.
3: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, expect him to get punched in the face up until the last second, basically. And I think
1: what kind of helps prime you for it is there's been so much stylization of the non-combat scenes that yeah. e- when we jump mm-hmm. into this crazy video game combat sequences, we're sort of primed for it by all the onomatopoeia and transitions that we've been seeing so far. So even though it is wild and unrealistic and, the aud- and everyone is taking it as diegetic to the movie the audience is sort of primed for it, even if we don't get an explicit explanation. So I, I think it kind of works, and I, I buy into it when I'm watching the movie, just by, like, suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting to hear that there is an explanation in the comics, and that Scott yeah. is supposed to be a very good fighter, because yes. that adds a whole new, like, texture to the casting Michael Cerape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: He he won Kim by, I mean, one quote. Yeah. It's There's way more <laughs> baggage to it than Scott would have you believe, but he mentions this, he alludes mm-hmm. to it in the movie. Uh, he's like, he had to fight for Kim, he's, he's done this plenty of times before Um, (laughs) but yeah i I think it's a strong choice to just be like yeah this is just this is just what's happening yeah
1: (laughs) uh and as it's happening uh scott and ramona finally get the chance to explain what's going out ramona's like hey i was going out with this guy in the seventh grade me and matthew fought about fought all the jocks in town uh and then eventually we broke up and as they sort of finish that explanation and backstory of this ex um, Matthew goes into a, like, Bollywood rock number as he makes fireballs and demon hipster okay. chicks appear in thin air. fully singing! This is a musical number. <laughs>
2: um, yes.
1: <laughs> and it looks like he's got the upper hand on Scott as he starts hurling fireballs at him, but a uh, with a well-thrown cymbal from the drum set, Scott manages to stop the song, and with one final uh, hit, K.O.'s Matthew into a pile of uh, change, which uh, <laughs> Matthew, Michael, Sarah then immediately leans down and goes, "Ooh,
3: change!" and starts picking up. And it's not enough. It's still not enough for the bus ride
0: home. He's so broke. <laughs> He's
3: so
2: broke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's so broke. Wallace is always buying him things, yeah. like all of his food. It's so funny. <laughs> he does get a job. He works in the kitchen with Steven Stills. but
1: ah, nice. Uh, Ramona makes part of his growth. <laughs> Ramona makes her exit as Wallace is making out with Jimmy, Rip to uh, Jimmy <laughs> and
3: Stacy.
2: Poor Stacy. Not again. Not again. <laughs> oh sure. yeah,
3: Stacy like, Wallace, not again. Yes. Uh,
0: <laughs> so good. So I funny. love Wallace has this personal challenge of like, can I get with everyone one of yeah. Stacey's <laughs> yes. uh, boyfriends? Uh,
1: and as Ramona leaves, she grabs Scott on her way out. Uh, Knives comes to as Sex bob wins the round of the Battle of the Bands. Remember, that's the thing that's happening.
0: Uh, <laughs> by default. By default. <laughs> the best way to yes. win.
1: On the bus home, Ramona explains that if they're going to continue to date, Scott will have to defeat her several evil exes. Uh, not ex-boyfriends, but evil exes. Very important correction. Uh, but all Scott really takes from this conversation is that they're dating now and can make out. So, <laughs> you know,
3: Scott, he still, keep up, buddy. Still hasn't broken up with knives, by still
1: the way. Still hasn't broken up with knives.
0: Yes, thus thus entering the the shady, the shady. I'm zone. so glad we've
1: entered the shady zone because we immediately enter the next scene to the full on transition music from Seinfeld as a sim- <laughs> <laughs> laugh track.
0: Doom, doom,
2: doom. It
1: yeah. is straight. I've been so Seinfeld's on Netflix and I watched a couple episodes the other night. It's straight up the transition music from. I don't know how they got the rights to yeah. it, but they did. It's pizza. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but. Like, <laughs> there's a certain
0: universal may own yeah Yeah, that's actually a good point
1: universal might own the rights to seinfeld which would make that a much Mm -hmm. easier transition um but having spent the night at ramona's uh scott arrives back into his and wallace's apartment and brings wallace up to speed uh he's like i invited ramona over for dinner so can you be long gone for the night (laughs) and wallace is like yeah as long as you break up with knives your (laughs) 17 year old high school girlfriend Wallace is like I'm gonna go watch the new Lucas Lee movie shoot. You know the the famous skateboarder turned actor <laughs> Lucas <laughs> Lee. <laughs> no, surely he won't be important later, as we watch a, a <laughs> clip show of several of his films. As of Chris
0: Evans the, uh, the phone.
3: <laughs> of Chris Evans he's with the most aggressive.
0: It's me pulling the trigger.
3: Uh, Chris this, Evans with the most aggressive eyebrow game so on aggressive. earth.
0: Oh my god, honestly, he's been so pigeon. I should say, I feel like he was afraid of being pigeonholed mm-hmm. from playing Captain America uh, because he played, like, bad boys yeah, before yeah. and then Captain America is the goodest boy of the all. Uh, I'm glad that he's able to return to his Lucas Lee despite by doing, like, <laughs> Knives, as up, knives yeah. Out and just be complete I scum. don't know. He's I feel so
3: like...
0: He's so bad at being scummy. His knives Out character
3: so is basically a Captain America trying to be Lucas Lee, though. <laughs> <What> <laughs> with else? the knit sweaters.
0: It's got more shades of human torch. Yeah, you know? fair enough.
1: I think Chris Evans is an underrated asshole actor. Like, oh, I honestly he is. think he's better at playing totally. the asshole than he is at playing Captain America. He just played Captain America yeah. for so long that they couldn't cast him as anything else while that was his his career trajectory. And now that he's out of the game, they can be like, you want to be
2: a dickhead again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you want to you be absolute trash. And like, if I had Sign spent a up. decade
1: playing Captain America, I would immediately I be like, understand. who's the biggest asshole I can play? You, right. gotta, you want a villain in a I murder know. mystery? I Got you. (laughs) Um, Need to write the pH balance. Yes. Not just
0: a villain in a murder mystery, a rich rich villain.
1: A wealthy white man. (laughs) Yes.
0: A wealthy white man.
1: Um, Scott uh, goes to call Knives on a payphone, and she perfectly describes what he's wearing, pulling the old, I'm actually right here and I can see you trick. Inside the record shop, she invites Scott over for dinner to meet her parents for her birthday. And uh, she sort of, like, turns down all his excuses. There's no way he's getting up with this. And she ends with, I'm in love with you. And then he breaks up with her. And everything (laughs) around them goes to black as Scott steps off screen. And Knives fades away. And her face is cross-cut with Ramona's until finally just Ramona's remains. And Scott, on his bus ride home, goes from sad to very, very happy. What a dick.
0: Yeah, he's very... Uh, a whole point is he's very good at car- compartmentalizing no what doesn't make him feel good again, which is the whole point of the nigga Scout that we'll get to yeah. at the end. But uh, I yeah, I thought it's interesting. This very clearly mirrors his uh, interact his breakup with um, Envy, but he's on the other side yep. of it uh, and doesn't realize, which I <laughs> is
2: Scott. just.
0: I mean, it, it, you need the King of Callback, uh, Edgar oh. Wright, to like <laughs> really. Set, set all these dominoes yeah. up if they're gonna fall right in the last 10 minutes of this movie
1: yep uh, later that night at band practice, Kim asks about knives as Scott informs him that he's learned the bass line from Final Fantasy II, which is notably not an answer to that question. Uh, and Steven's like, guys, we gotta we gotta focus. We're in sudden death for the battle of the band, guys. Guys, it's the battle of the band. You know that thing that's happening? <laughs> no one cares.
0: Scott, you're salt. Thank God stills is here, otherwise we wouldn't know. What the, <laughs> right. what the, what the we know plot what the plot plot's
1: doing. <laughs> yeah.
0: You're the salt of the earth.
3: I meant the scum of the earth. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh ramona now with blue hair arrives at band practice and kim is like oh yeah i dated scott in high school so now we're all lost uh and scott rushes her out of the practice leaving neil to cover his parts for the band young neil i should say <laughs> because he is not full neil at this no. point and the movie is still still young <laughs> young neil um uh that night scott is sort of fretting uh because ramona changed her hair and her spontaneity scares him uh, <laughs> and as wallace is leaving their apartment he's like if i need an out can i can i like come find you or whatever he's like yeah yeah when you need an out right. come and find me knowing right. that I scott it. is going to see in you. an hour yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> see in an hour buddy they discuss the merits of garlic bread we get the iconic <laughs> bread makes you fat delivery from michael sarah we've all seen the gifts austin's favorite
3: joke <laughs> also my favorite joke probably <laughs>
0: actually i was gonna say i guess i have three. three <laughs>
3: oh, is it not <laughs> so your favorite the... you said we know we quote um, it all the time you know, bits we do
0: we i mean it's a great <laughs> this movie is so quotable mm-hmm. um my favorite bit is the escaping i'll, I'll spoil it now it's escaping from knives oh, where yes. uh the perfect comedic <laughs> timing of those 12 seconds yes. maybe the best 12 seconds ever put oh, in yeah. celluloid oh, yeah. or film i don't know this probably filmed digitally i
1: don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great um <laughs> you know, the writing in this movie is really sharp in the way that the writing in a lot of Edgar Wright written pictures are, because like we said, this the guy knows how to use all elements of the screen, and that includes the writing. And it, he wasn't the solo writer on this particular picture, yeah. but um, you can kind of hear his hand. In the same way that you can hear when a James Gunn quip is coming up in a superhero yes. movie nowadays, you can hear when an Edgar Wright perfectly yeah. timed bit is coming up in one of his films. His comedic um, timing is it's just good. crazy. Yeah. Uh, and Scott sings his, his song he wrote for Ramona, and she's like, I can't wait to hear it when it's
3: finished, is the ultimate sort of thing.
0: Just the word Ramona okay. over wait. and over okay. again. Yeah. Did
3: this did the Beck song come first, or did Beck do a cover? Because the Beck version is in the movie. So did I, this, I'm pretty sure what the preceded what came first. Really? I think
0: so. I have no... So is he ripping I, off Beck? you told me this was a real song before the movie, that's news to me. Beck.
1: I think the movie is just pretending that Beck doesn't exist, and that's his song. Because that's the same thing for Black Sheep is also a song, right? That no, but that's a metric song. But like, my I question just is: is there a movie. Beck
3: song called "Umona" preceding this movie, and that Scott's ripping off, or did Beck just finish the song after this movie was shot, or you know, written or whatever? That's I, I, I'm not. I don't know the answer. I just <laughs> it's just something that uh, crosses my brain every now and then. <laughs>
0: Uh, it says that it was written uh, for Scott Pilgrim, Yeah, I think oh,
3: okay.
1: it's one of those situations where they... It's originally
0: from the soundtrack.
1: Okay. Yeah, they No, because the best version the back, the version for the movie. back later.
2: In the yes, hour.
1: I think it's one of those situations where they wrote it for the movie so that the character actor could perform it, but they had an actual performer record a version of yeah. it for the soundtrack release, and then okay. they used that in the movie also. That makes sense. It's sort of like the Taylor Swift version of songs in movies sometimes you get. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is Cats, but that's not a good example. That's not a good that's example. That's not a good example at all. <laughs>
0: Let's talk about anything
1: else. <laughs> uh, so Ramona's comment about uh, Scott's hair being kind of shaggy, maybe needing a haircut, sets him off. Who's, and we find out that Scott's last big haircut was before he got horribly dumped by Nat of the Clash at Demonhead. Head. Um, and we get a sort of like little montage of the narrator contradicting Scott as he's like, it's totally fine. Actually, it's not fine at all. And Scott knows deep down that his last haircut was not the ca- cause of his breakup, but it's, Certainly related to it, and yada, yada, yada. And we basically get a lot of the same information about him and Nat had a terrible breakup, yes. but in much more detail in the sequence. It was mutual. It wasn't. It <laughs> wasn't. Yes.
0: It was not mutual.
1: Uh, they decide to go for... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish I had a narrator to contradict their own Bill Hader to
1: just narrate my life, please. Thank you. Everyone has on their shoulders a Wallace and a Bill Hader. And yeah. And you can <laughs> choose which one you're listening to at any given moment. I wish. Oh, I wish. Um... They go for a walk, needing to get out of the apartment, and Scott says that he feels like he's on drugs when he's with Ramona. Uh, eventually, they sort of talk. Not that and... he does drugs, unless she does drugs, in which case he does all the drugs. Yes, exactly. And eventually, they wander up to a castle where the new Lucas Lee movie is <laughs> shooting. And Wallace is there, of course, because that's well, where Luke, he, said uh, he, would
3: be. he said he would be. Yes, he said he would be there stalking Lucas Lee, as, as one is wont to do.
1: Hearing who the star is, Ramona goes, "Oh no!"
2: Uh,
1: and, and she does. Chris Evans steps out of his trailer she and did gets on, on a skateboard. <laughs> because n- lest we forget that Lucas Lee is not only a movie star, but he was a formerly a professional skateboarder. We get so much about his character in so, good. so little screen time, and I love him so much. Can we
3: talk about those flare cut jeans? Flare cut so jeans, so early two thousand. The flare
1: cut jeans, the like,
3: like facial hair
1: that I can't decide if I love or hate. I hate it. The like weird <laughs> eyebrows. I just so much is going on. There's so much.
0: His eyebrows <laughs> are so <laughs> pointy.
1: <laughs> and you know he's stylized <laughs> to look like a comic book character, yes. and it's working so well. So well. <laughs> um. But Ramona explains that she used to date Lucas and in the, in the ninth grade, and the scene begins again. Uh, whenever Ramona is describing her previous exes, we get a comic book panel-style flashback yes. sequence in the style of the Scott Pilgrim comics of uh, her previous relationships as she's kind of narrating over them. Um, and the scene sort of begins in the background as they're doing this. They start shooting the movie, and it seems like he's acting and he's performing in a scene of an action movie as he says... The only thing keeping me and her apart is the two minutes it's going to take to kick your ass. But as Ramona finishes her story, uh, Lucas's performance pivots to focus on Scott, and he recites the same line, angrily marching toward our boy Pilgrim, because this is the second evil ex.
3: (laughs) I just just have to say, if I had the same... um, If I had the same bar of what qualifies as an ex I would have as Ramona does I would have a lot more exes
0: <laughs> that's so much of the not obvious humor yeah. of this movie is just that is any guy that she put the
3: right. boyfriend
0: or date or uh, even kissed
3: uh, one time uh, yeah
0: title or kiss one time on uh for the entirety of her life <laughs> <laughs> just a one week boyfriend from the se- seventh grade or whatever sure. it was. yeah he's, he and he's here to yeah, I just, I
3: just felt the need to
1: mention that. <laughs> um, Scott asks for Lucas's autograph and then he gets punched and the fight begins. Uh, the fight begins with Scott getting stunt doubled as he walks up to what he thinks is Lucas and instead finds an entire crew of skateboard wielding, <laughs> identically dressed stunt doubles who help beat up Scott. Uh, he seems to be holding his own against the crowd, but Wallace's, uh, with, with of course, Wallace's usual color commentary. But one of the doubles slams a skateboard on his head, and the crowd of stunt doubles begins to beat on uh, They're Scott, just wailing on him, wailing on him. And we follow Lucas, who goes over to get a coffee in a tracking shot as he walks away from the crowd, and the mm. fighting noises continue. <laughs> he picks up his coffee, checks, it's
2: actually
1: <laughs> <exactly hilarious. laughs> checks his messages. Uh, and as he turns around, the sound of Scott's voice shows us that Scott has in fact won, and we whip pan back over to a crowd of defeated stunt doubles. Mr. Which, Lee, you're needed back on set. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, a Scott ready to go, and the two clash. Lucas lands a killer kick, warning Scott that the wrath of the League of the Seven Evil Exes controlling the future of Ramona's love life <laughs> is not to be ignored. There's a league now. As the league. We're learning more backstory information. It's all its all world-building, kids. Um, Lucas, a good actor, uh, and Scott challenges him to prove that he's also a good skater by grinding on a nearby icy rail down a very, very long... Is that grinding thing? <laughs> very, very long Um Can you staircase. do a thingy on the thingy? Can you do a thingy on the thingy? <laughs> Can I grind on that rail?
0: <laughs> it's gotta grind,
1: bro. <laughs> and uh, one of my favorite uh, score pieces in the entire movie kicks up. Because has- after some heckling from scott uh lucas does eventually uh decide he will prove his his skateboarding prowess and wallace never wanted to miss a beat appears with the in hand for him <laughs> to use and the musical piece the grind kicks up which is yes. such a cool uh bit it's progressively faster and it's intercut with uh michael Sarah saying wow a bunch, <laughs> um, as Lucas starts grinding, speed picking up and up and up until he crashes into a fiery inferno at the bottom, which we only see in a very wide shot, but we understand that from the uh, high score that it has... he has faced his end at the at the hands of the grind. Uh, ripped to a very in-universe, very famous uh, <laughs> performer. <laughs> Scott and Wallace are like, where's Ramona? She's not there. She failed. And the next day Scott tries to call Ramona, but he keeps getting voicemail. Um... Wallace is like, you know, you should have seen this coming. I mean, did you see the card she gave you with her number on it? And Scott's like, what do you mean? And he points out that there are seven X's underneath her phone number. Seven evil X's. Seven X's. Those aren't seven kisses. Those are seven evil X's you're going to have to fight. I mean, clearly that's a universal symbol for here's seven people you're going to have to beat up.
0: (laughs) Remind me one more time. What is it?
1: Seven it's X's under his phone, phone number on Got part of it. Card. Yes.
0: Seven X's. Yes. Seven X's, yeah.
1: Not kisses. Not kisses, <laughs> not hugs.
0: Not kisses, thank yes. you.
1: Wallace gives Scott a pep talk because he needs Scott to move out of the apartment. And if he moves in with Ramona, that's uh, way easier than Wallace evicting him. The phone <laughs> rings, Automatopoeia, but uh, it's not Ramona, it's Envy Adams. she asks if she's... Um, Scott's evil ex, so to speak. Yes. Um, she and Scott sort of go back and forth with Envy doing her most sensuous detective voice.
0: That's uh, just the
3: voice she uses.
1: She has
0: such weird sexy. Yeah,
3: <laughs> no, it's
0: just. And by weird, I mean all of those are yeah. weird. She does it well, yeah. but yeah. it's yeah. weird because she's. Yeah. Doing so much. She does it throughout too,
3: point. like the no, whole movie. It's, oh yeah, it's I'd super. That's fun. how uh, yeah. Envy yeah, talks. Weird. It's good character building,
1: but it's if you're not ready for it, it hits you like a wall. Uh, yeah. but they have a whole conversation where she's like, "Should I be jealous?" And when he mentions Ramona, she seems to kind of recognize the name. Uh, and she's like, Oh, see you when I see ya. Uh, the phone rings one more time. And this time it's knives who is outside. And this is where we're going to get into, uh, maybe the best, best, like 12 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Scott's got a dip. Wallace answers the door. Knives asks, is Scott there? And with the still never moving from the shot of Wallace opening the door, you know, (laughs) <laughs> scott jumps to the window he just left
0: <laughs> the delicate closing of the door to yeah, hide scott yeah. like a and second too scott late jumping through and then him lifting his his elbow and hand yeah. up to cover scott reaching back through the window and then scott walking behind knives as her eyes follow where he should be <laughs> like
1: what the fuck i saw Brilliant. him so good So, so, so Uh, good. So good. Um, Out on the snowy streets of Toronto, Scott hears the echoes of the previous dialogue around him as a mysterious speedster attacks him in a back alley when he's really not in the mood for a fight. Uh, One well-timed punch and a blonde with excellent (laughs) one-liners faces off against Scott, ready to rumble. (laughs) But he just really isn't feeling it today and despite a little bit of back and forth she agrees to uh wait but the next time he sees her she'll be deadly serious this is
3: a way at that may whitman by the way yes. just to add to the stack Star-studded cast. cast. yeah
1: um and we, the audience, can, can infer. Say this it didn't I know. Do very well. <laughs> I, agree, it's I think movies never do well. Though. I know it's
3: TV
2: easy to care. look back
1: on it now and be like, all these actors are extremely famous, but this was like yeah. very early for a lot of the particularly notable cast members' careers. Like this was either like this was pretty early for Chris Evans. This was pretty early for Aubrey Plaza. This was pretty early Brie for Larson. Um, yeah, yeah, Brie Larson and. Pitch Perfect Lady whose name I'm like Anna Kendrick Anna Kendrick like Like, they got famous very soon after this but it it, it, I can see how the cast might not have been a big draw on the release date of this movie necessarily
3: yeah yeah that makes sense but it Mae Whitman was like what either like mid or post Katara at this point (laughs) yeah (laughs) but Um, then again no one knew who she was
0: didn't realize until um uh my girlfriend told me that she was the voice of guitar really? like, never would i R- respect to voice actors yeah. and actresses uh, who are uh not just uh actors that you can interchange with mm-hmm. anyone it's mm-hmm. a specific field of yeah, acting that you can't just get Ed. chris pratt to voice mario <laughs> we,
1: we cannot talk about the chris pratt mario decision because i will never we will be here for years we're
3: already
0: um, here for years <laughs> <laughs> No, we're like 45 minutes into this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to give sky high. <laughs> oh I, my god. I
3: texted you about this and you were like, let's do it anyways.
0: I was like, we, okay. do it anyway. <laughs> this, this,
1: if this be.
3: podcast does not
1: run longer than the runtime of I the actually, movie, the movie struck has not done its job correctly. <laughs> just,
0: hey, I, I, I don't actually have much to say from this point to like the final. Like a that lot of the stuff I said
1: on. is just like, I
0: have one, one thing to talk about. But other than I that, I feel like this into the final fight, the movie kind of... <laughs> Yeah, on, it sort of just, uh, gets uh, just through the doing emotions. the same good things um
1: scott calls his sister who works at a coffee shop and asks her if she's still in she's like yeah my shift's about to end but when he steps inside it's not his sister but Aubrey plaza <laughs> is there waiting for him
3: <laughs> it's a good <laughs> fake was... out because she's doing up her hair and then Aubrey plaza is doing up her hair yeah. anyways yeah yeah and out. uh Aubrey
1: plaza who is able to diegetically censor herself which yes I, scott asks like how are you doing that thing with your mouth and she doesn't <laughs> say it's she's so like good. don't worry about it um Picking up his coffee order, he sees that Ramona is also there and she apologizes for things getting crazy. And they have a little bit of a moment before we, t- we cut behind Ramona to Envy Adams, who appears perfectly <laughs> mimicking the pose of her poster. Same outfit, too. Same outfit and everything. And she steps away it's from the wall. So and it's okay. so good. Yeah. And Ramona sort of excuses herself as Scott and Envy face off. Envy is jealous, which is funny based on her name. And she invites him to come see her band play at Lee's Palace the other night. Um, And he's like, why would I I go to that? Why would I do that? And she sort of just leaves the scene. Ramona and Scott walking with their coffee. Uh, He kind of like gives her the rundown of his relationship with Nat, a.k.a. Envy. And they, they share a mutual, like, oh, there were bad Todds in our previous relationship as uh, he reveals that Envy cheated on him with a guy named Todd, and Ramona's like, yeah, I dated a Todd once.
0: Which,
1: take hey. notes, guys. She dated a Todd once. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is a
0: coincidence Nothing in this is a movie. a coincidence. This, and I, I think this is where the line appears, the last, like, big thing before, like, the fight, the final, like, climax, and you have all these great, like, things come yeah. together that I find really interesting. There's a, uh, I don't know who's, I should have written... Down who says it, but I think it's in this interaction where someone says, It sucks to have the past haunt you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I find that it's. I love when a movie is about something and they lead you all the way up to it and then they just say the thing and you're like, That is what the movie's <laughs> about. Because Scott specifically, like. Um, he doesn't want to go back and relive, like, getting a haircut because it reminds right. him of the whole envy thing. He puts, literally on the bus, puts knives out of his mind, and it's Ramona. He is never living in his past with mm. his mistakes. Every time, uh, Aubrey Flores, uh, I can't forget, Juliet. Julie. Every time Julie throws an accusation at him, he says, that's no big deal. Um, he is never living in his past. He is never learning from his mistakes. And Ramona is the exact opposite, who is literally haunted by her seven evil exes, many of whom don't really like she's carrying this baggage of, you know, she had dated them a week and they beat up some jocks, you know? Uh, and it's, it's this funny, they each have something to learn. And I, I just thought that, uh,
1: they're poetic.
0: Uh, like I said, I love it when a movie is about <laughs> something and then it's like, here, here's what it is. And you're like, yes, oh <laughs> yes. my God. It's
1: nice to be right about what you think the movie is about sometimes. Uh, watching a lot of thinky sci-fi, you don't get a lot of answers like that. So it's kind of fun to watch a movie where they're like, here's what we're trying to tell you. Please understand that this is what we've been leading up to this yeah. whole time. Yeah. Um.
0: Good movies do it too. Yeah. Black Panther yeah. does it.
1: Yeah, no, good movies do it all the time. It's
0: hard for a good man to be king. That's what the movie's yeah. about.
1: Scott and the three gay men in his bed pep talk their way into band practice where it's revealed that Envy has asked Sex bob to open for the clash at uh, Demon Head. Meaning that Scott and the gang are going to be at the show despite Scott's uh, messy past with the lead singer. Steven is sort of like, guys, we... We need this. We need the word of mouth. We a, gig need... a gig is
3: a gig, a gig. A gig
1: is a gig We need stalkers. <laughs> yeah. He exits frame and we see Knives nice. in the window Press staring through the, the glass. Uh, watching Scott and Ramona at band practice. Ramona encourages him to play the show and Knives immediately begins to spiral. We get a very fun sequence of her uh, explaining to her friend, who I thought was the drummer for a while, but it's not. Uh, the... Uh, she buys some box dye, and she's complaining about how Vermona is, like, older and cooler than her, and, like, she just, it's not fair. She has a head star, she only just learned there was good music recently. And was <laughs> like, I had this great idea, and she does the breakup dramatic hairdo. Uh, she dyes uh, half of her head blue. and By accident. By accident. And she... But she's like, oh, it looked cool. And um, declares that she knows how to get Scott back, uh, and texts <laughs> text young Neil that, OMG, he's so hot. <laughs> Uh, young Neil. Uh,
2: little daddy. Um,
1: at the gig later on, Sex Babom finishes their set and hits the bar, having kind of tanked in the performance wise. Um, Ramona excuses herself to the bathroom where Knives also is, looking like a mini Ramona dressed very similarly, mimicking her moves. And exiting the off- awkward situation, Knives follows Ramona out to the bar, <laughs> mimicking her every move, uh, <laughs> and Scott. In his way, noticing that he is in a very awkward situation, decides to try and escape. And this is where we get the little excuse wheel in his mind, which <laughs> lands perfectly between two. And so instead of saying, I have to pee, uh, he blurts out, I have to pee on her and exit scene. As he rejoins the crowd, the clash at Demonhead takes the stage and Black Sheep starts playing, which is one of my favorite songs. So this gay. <laughs> uh, this is the um, Hello Again, Friend of a Friend song, for those of you out there. <laughs> uh and of course um as they this is this is one of my favorite instances of timing the cuts to the music
2: yeah because we get a lot
1: of paneling here where they'll have a black screen and they'll fill in panels of different characters who are being referenced as the song is going in beat with the music and it's a really great way of moving us through the sequence of Ramona realizing that the Todd that her and uh, Scott are both talking about, the bass player on stage, is both of their Todds and is in fact one of the seven evil exes.
3: And Todd is just staring at Scott, like just staring at him Mm -hmm. the whole time. (laughs) It's very funny. They
1: make it through the set unharmed, but afterwards the gang is invited backstage by uh, Julie, who also works here on Envy's behalf. Julie works everywhere. Yes. And in the green room, they sit awkwardly with Todd in a big white shirt with three written on it in case we were unsure if he was the third (laughs) ex or not. Knives is fangirling as the conversation goes tensely back and forth between Ramona and Envy. And as it sort of heightens to its peak, Knives stands up and yells, I've kissed the lips that kissed you, which gets her promptly punched in the face by Todd, (laughs) knocking the blue streaks right out of her hair. He knocked the highlights out of her hair. Thank you, young Neil. He knocked the highlights out of her (laughs) hair. Uh, Scott, now enraged, goes off on Todd, but when he goes to punch, Todd does some sort of like telekinesis, which he can do because his envy informs us Todd is vegan and that gives him superpowers. (laughs) Didn't you know Todd's vegan? It just makes you better. (laughs) It just makes you better (laughs) than most people. (laughs) Uh, Scott (laughs) lands in an alley and asks Ramona what was up with her and Todd, and she's like, hey, you know we dated for a while as soon as he walked by when I was with, uh, Lucas, and and it sort of reveals that she also dumped Todd, and we find out that she has always been the dumper, and he never the him. for her. Yes. 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 The key takeaway from that story is that she has never been dumped. Uh, yeah. that sort of builds into it. As they finish the story, Todd and Scott face off, time to fight, fight, fight. Uh, or at least it would be, if not for a very confusing cleaning lady metaphor they try to get through at the beginning <laughs> of the fight.
3: Uh, and <laughs> the band members deciding that this is so really? not their scene. She's no, just... Tom's just an idiot. We we all it's it's yes. Tom's just a fucking idiot.
1: <laughs> the band members decide this isn't their scene, awesome. and they go get pizza so that Scott can deal with whatever Scott's doing. <laughs> and with the funky bass line,
0: the pizza pizza, yes, very Canadian.
1: Yes, and with the funky bass line, letting uh, us know that this is gonna be a bass off. They get into a battle of the band situation.
0: The base off is so funny it's to me so because, spoiler, Scott's going to lose the base off. Um, Todd is much better, mm-hmm. obviously, but I like the way they do it, that instead of going back and forth, they both play at the same time. But what's great about it is that Scott is so much worse <laughs> than Todd. It's just Scott, like, basically playing the background. Yeah. Do, 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 do. And, and then Todd melody. gets to do crazy solos yeah. on yeah. top of it yeah. so you're like oh yeah this is it's both showing how outclassed he is and also making this way more interesting than like someone does solo, someone does different solo, someone does different yes. solo it's just Scott They're just building impossibly off. They do trying really, to keep despite
1: pop. being a, sh- a movie that is based around a battle of the bands for a lot of it they do a really good job of never having it just be like song, 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 song Like there's a lot of competing melodies and a lot of great overlap uh, but as
0: and for Sam yeah <laughs>
1: But as you alluded to, uh, Scott will lose the space off and goes flying through the wall with crazy intensity uh, and landing some sort of coffee bar. Uh, and Scott tries to offer Todd a coffee with soy milk. And Todd's like, you can't trick me. My vegan mind powers is telling me that you're <laughs> trying to get me to drink half and half, you fool. I've seen what you do. And I'll take the cup that has soy milk in it. And he takes the one that Scott is holding and drinks from it. But uh, Scott reveals... Oh, you fool! <laughs> you idiot! You fell right into my trap. I was just thinking really hard about pouring half and half into that cup, uh, and it's revealed that Todd has now drinking half and half, breaking his veganism, and the vegan police arrive
2: <laughs> immediately. This
0: might be in a weird so movie. This, this might, might
1: be the, be the thing movie. I, it <laughs> is. Almost I love it so
3: much. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the vegan police crash.
1: So through. I was not
0: vegan. Some milk, eggs, bitch.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, and Todd tries to make these like, I was. Three strikes, right? And the vegan police list off the other two times that he's eaten. One of them being chicken parmesan, which is the most chicken unvegan parm. thing. He ate chicken parm and he ate gelato. Uh, and now, the chicken isn't vegan? <laughs> now de veganized Scott uh or now de veganized, Todd has no powers and Scott is able to headbutt him into coins, winning yet another fight. He sort of like sheepishly apologizes to Envy, who is rightfully pissed that her boyfriend just got uh, coined and <laughs> As he's leaving, he calls her Natalie. It's a very soft moment, but he and Ramona leave her to kind of deal with the ramifications of this. And this will sort of be Envy's exit from the movie. Yeah, really we never see her again it. after
0: this. This is, which is interesting because Envy it continues to be in the rest of the, <laughs> the <laughs> books and is Gideon's girlfriend. At oh,
3: interesting. She
0: and Gideon are dating. And when he goes to the Chaos Theater, it's it's Envy, not her debut, but it's Envy performing huh. at the huh. Chaos Theater. And uh, yeah, also I mean, there's so much change. Uh, a, a, an improvement is that uh, Scott beats Todd on purpose <laughs> in this movie version, as opposed to if I remember correctly, I believe he mistake it's by accident he beats him with the half <laughs> thing. Or he Todd or Todd does it and then loses his powers by no uh, machinations of okay, Scott, and then Scott just beats him up. I believe that's is what that happens. Tracks. This is a big improvement to make Scott actually do something. Appear smart. Do something. Have agency. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: At the pizza place, the band is discussing going to the after party, which Scott seems to not want to go to, seeing as he just got beat up a bunch. Uh, And he's sort of sour on Ramona still right now from their last conversation. He asks her if she's ever dated someone who wasn't a total ass. Uh, And right now she's being very understanding of him being an asshole, but her patience with him will slowly wither over the next couple conversations. Um, As they walk in, Ramona to the after party Ramona asks Scott about his previous relationships, and he goes off as uh, they sort of spout more blah 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 about the exes. And as they do, the speedster girl from earlier interjects, "It's Roxy, one of the seven evil exes, baby. You know why they kept <laughs> correcting it to exes and not ex boyfriends? This yes, is why. This is why Ramona was bi curious, but now Roxy, she's bi Spy furious,
0: bi furious." Spy that's, That's, good.
1: That's good so good. Roxy has the best one-liners of any of the
0: X's. All About, of her like, lines are bars. gold.
1: I couldn't write them all down because I would just be reciting word for word all of her scenes, but they're excellent. It's, um, it's so good. Roxy goes to kick Scott, but this time Ramona blocks the attack. It's Ramona fighting time. She whips out a massive hammer out From of her, her bag, tiny little purse. her tiny little purse against
3: Roxy's like battle belt whip.
0: It's another subspace yeah, thing. Right. The, the I bag love is like a bag of holding. It has more. Space I just,
3: I just, I just love how she just carries a giant hammer in her purse that's just like to me aesthetically it's so manic pixie dream girl but i love it it's like i don't even care i love it (laughs) yeah
0: it's also a whole thing about how everyone can Mm -hmm. fight in the Uh, in the novels because uh she's like strong that's kind of a gimmick and like other people try to use the hammer and they're like i can't (laughs) this this is unwieldy Mm -hmm. um but ramona can because she's super strong
1: (laughs) yeah uh wallace somehow still there also is providing color commentary for this fight as well it's a constant and i love him for it
3: he's great uh, he's like the mediator basically yeah or like he's scott type man
0: he he's he's audience surrogate in yeah. a way that you're like i in the in the same way that han solo is in star wars where you're like wi- i'm not that man <laughs> But I wish yeah. I was that man in this universe, yes. you yeah. know? Where you're like, if I was in a weird world like this, that's the kind of person I yeah, would be. Probably. The kind of person who has, like, the color commentary and how it's crazy. The kind of person who is has swagger and a bar full of aliens. Yes. The, same yes. idea.
1: Uh, Roxy is beaten on Ramona, but she gets a head kick in and can't quite defeat uh, Roxy. And the League kind of game rules of the seven evil axes fight <laughs> state that Scott must defeat Roxy with his own fists. So even though
3: Ramona is landing some hits, she's never going to be able to take her down. But Scott's like, I can't hit a girl. And Ramona's like, you got no choice, buddy. Yep. And then she starts
1: (laughs) Jaegering Scott by holding his (laughs) limbs and punching for him. Uh, But Roxy uh, teleports and then jumps in between the middle of them and separates them. And it looks like it's all over for Scott. But Ramona informs him (laughs) that the weak point of Roxy are the back of her knees. This... Uh, this one bugged me. Yeah.
0: I think it back. This, this is the weirdest is part problem. of the movie. A little
1: bit. Uh and he slow motion taps the back of her knee and she falls backwards. Definitely um <laughs> so a polite way to put this <laughs> now. She's full on like having an orgasm. Orgasm to death into coins. Uh informing <laughs> Scott that, you know, you'll never make Ramona feel like I do and <laughs> uh,
3: gone maybe. Of course. Scott of course. has defeated another ex. Of Defeated course, the only female ex is death by orgasm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> so weird.
1: <laughs> um, back at the bar, Scott asks Ramona for, like, a list of the exes, but he does it in a very douchey way, and she storms off, declaring him just another evil ex waiting to happen, although she jumps back in a second later to give him the list uh, as and then turns around to leave once more. And as the band sort of gathers around, Scott... He looks at the list of exes and sees the next up are twins, the Kataniagi twins. (laughs) Two for one, baby, in case you're keeping (laughs) count of the exes. Six and seven, all of
0: us. I believe she was also (laughs) two-timing.
3: That checks
1: out.
0: I believe she was dating them both at the same time without them realizing (laughs)
3: Oh, shit. That's hard to do, especially since they're identical. So that's kind of hard to do. For
0: twins, yes.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: They got different hair. That's true.
3: (laughs) They're thematically dressed differently.
1: Uh (laughs) Steven, uh, recognizing the name of the Twins, is like, hey, I got some terrible news for you. That's our next band in the Battle of the Bands. Remember that plot structure? That's still happening. There's a Battle of the Bands happening right now. Um, Scott, who is now very determined and angry, is back in it for the Battle of the Bands. Like, we got to take this shit down. I'm angry now. I've reached my angry phase. At the venue, both bands are revealed to be performing at the same time. It's going to be a amp battle. They're going to be fighting to be louder and better than the other band, live. And as they set up, they see that, gasp, Ramona is in the crowd with a strange man, a uh, yet unnamed. <laughs> Jason Shortsman.
2: <Spin>. G-Man.
1: <laughs> G-Man. Uh, lights across the way from Sex Babam Baleron, on, and it's the twins who, with one high techno note, kick off the battle of the band's Steven is doubting, can we do this? And a blast of... S-
0: they blow the roof off the in. place. The twins
1: blast out sound, tearing the roof off the place. But seeing a uh, mysterious G-man, Scott rallies the band, and the battle begins as they jump into the song Threshold. The twins summon these, like, sound dragons that knock the bombs down, Steve bemoaning that Gideon Graves, the producer, is there, seeing them fail. And having just found out from Steven's exposition that Gideon is G-man, uh... Scott finds new power and they face the dragons once more. This time Scott slamming on a bass pedal that summons a giant ape to fight back the sound dragon monsters.
3: It's so good. I love I love that the um the uh, monster's eyes are green and like glowing green and then Scott's eyes are also glowing green. So it's like his like yes. avatar or whatever.
0: It's yes. so yes. cool. I noticed that for the first it's, time. It's when so watching cool. It this, I love it.
1: Victorious the ape and Scott win. And his score counters continue to grow as this time he wins an extra life. Literally, this little one-up icon that pops next to him.
3: What are you doing, Scott? Getting a life. Grabs the extra life. Yes. Um,
0: Super good. <laughs> jumping
3: into the crowd, Scott goes to make for Ramona, but runs into Knives
1: instead, who he awkwardly brushes past, not really saying anything except Hello.
0: I believe it's at this point that they're playing the song Anthems. All I wrote down is Anthems for a 17-year-old girl, (laughs) which I think plays at this moment, which is, of course... A knives. reference to Knives. I, I don't have much written about this scene. I assume that this is that yes. scene. That, this that's scene the is, only like, very visually
1: cool, but, um, yeah. really, like, not much happens to talk about in it. Like, you should just watch it, because it, it yeah. like, dragon and the ape fighting the sound. looks neat. <laughs> yeah. But the, hearing me just, like, there's nothing plot-wise that's really changing too much there. We learn who Gideon is, and yeah. we learn that Scott is mad now. That's kind of it.
0: Scott beats two for one. Yeah. I mean, literally, they're the twins with, oh, sorry, the twins of the X's with the least amount of screen yes. time. They have no yeah. lines. Uh they're the least characterized and he beats two of them at once. Like this is We're moving through this is like Boulder rolling down a hill, we are plowing through before he reaches the like all is lost moment and everything comes crashing down and gotta keep
3: going.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Um outside he runs into Ramona, who now has green hair, and he says he doesn't care if she wants to play Mysterious and Aloof, that he's in love with her, and she's like, ooh, terrible timing, we have to break up. Uh it's Gideon, I can't help myself around him.
0: Another callback to the Breakup Dives, yes, yes. where she told him that she loved him. And, that, and uh, yeah,
1: what? yep.
0: Lack of learning from mistakes. Yeah. Uh,
1: and uh, on mention of Gideon, he appears and he's like, oh, I love your band. You got to, you know, if you guys want, they can sign you for a three album contract. And uh, Stephen is like, yes, yes, yes. And Scott immediately <laughs> tries to go, no, no, no. But Steven signs the contract immediately and young Neil steps up to replace Scott. Place Scott on the bass to complete the little tree out of the band. Ramona gets into Gideon's car, and as he leaves, Gideon takes a moment to very smarmily apologize ish for the leave of e- League of Evil X's and drives on off, leaving sad Scott alone once more to walk the snowy streets of Toronto to the sound of Ramona on my mind. Uh, bye back. Bye back. Perform by back. <laughs> He thonks his head on a pole, which is not a paraphrase. The onomatopoeia is spelled T-H-O-N-K, and he does it several times. That is the,
0: that is the onomatopoeia that I am I so it, in love, love with in this so movie. That I, I, made, I had to I pause it, it to laugh. It. When he hits his thonk. head, goes thonk. I was no, just, I was like, that's no. too funny. Thonk.
1: <laughs> it's so He does so it
0: funny. so, something about someone dejectedly hitting their head is always so yes, funny the me. onomatopoeia just, like, doubles it. Uh, it's yeah.
1: so well done. Um,
0: and it... Yeah, it's it's at this point that I realize this movie is kind of about being into people who aren't into you <laughs> because that's it's knives to Scott yeah. Scott to Ramona and Ramona to Gideon and in the book it's uh, uh, also um, envy to Gideon mm. it's a whole thing but mm-hmm. uh, it's it's interesting it's like kind of it's kind of what this movie is about it's just like inhe- some like sometimes inherent yeah. uh, um, one sidedness in relationships yep. and how you handle that yeah.
1: Sometimes you become one of the seven evil exes and sometimes you have to fight seven evil exes and that's just how all relationships work in the real world. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes,
1: That's accurate. This is where we go to the second scene on the swings, this time with Stacy and Scott talking about uh, if if he thinks that Ramona was the one and Scott's like, yeah, I saw a future for us together with like jetpacks. Uh, and this is where I was sort of mix- missing that, like, impact of the swings reoccurring. Yeah. Because um, this is I meant to be a very emotional moment, but they kind of just talk about things we already know. Right. And I'm missing some of that impact from the re- recurrence of the right. swings, so to speak. If It seems like they just
3: happen to be at the swings again yeah. for no real
1: reason. It's
0: just a, it seems to just be a location yeah. where he's emotionally yes. vulnerable. The same way the bus is just, like, a strong visual. Yeah component, because I, I literally, asked, again, asked Fire girlfriend Victoria about, uh, I was like, what's the bus? Like, what's the, like, I'm thinking about this bus. She's like, some things are just things yeah <laughs> um, yes. so The bus is just a strong visual element that you can come back Edgar,
3: to. <laughs> right, because we assume that he's got meaning behind everything.
0: I know, every, he's yeah, always got he's a always plan. plan
3: that man. Um, yes. But, you know, maybe not. Or maybe, or maybe, like you said, these, there was a lot of scenes that were cut, so maybe there were, you know, there was, and we just haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah,
0: well, again, I, I think the swings are supposed to be about, like, literally movement in yeah. life. Uh, but they they cut the setup for that motif, so then there's no payoff with him being there with Stacy, mm-hmm. and they don't end it with him being on the right, swing right. with Ramona and he swinging or something. They go. It the just door. feels like
1: half of the visual um, metaphor and yes. the other half is yes. missing. Um, yes,
0: again, it, yeah. it kind of like the bus. It ends up just being more of like a it just It's a motif neat place to than, be
1: as opposed to like, yeah. having any instilling any deep meaning on what's happening yeah. there. Which which you is know, fine.
0: A lot of movies have no uh locations that you feel strongly True. attached to uh let alone some that have thematic meaning so the fact that this has uh even one that doesn't have thematic meaning but is like you, a strong place to be is is good yeah
1: it's not at all a dig of the movie some places no, just uh, happen in part it was lots. just some movies just one, take place
0: in great one scapes. moment
1: i could identify while watching where i'm like oh this is not working for me and i can kind of put my finger on why whereas most of the rest of the movie i'm like everything's working fine i have no qualms um But speaking of no qualms, we have some qualms to deal with in this movie. Still, back at Wallace's, Scott walks in on him mid-sex, and Wallace is like, I need you to sleep somewhere else tonight. And also, for the rest of the year, please move out. Uh, And they sort of (laughs) bemoan the end of the fight with the exes. The phone rings for Scott. (gasps) It's Gideon this time. He feels terrible about earlier. Gideon has Ramona with him now. She's now dressed in an outfit that kind of looks like she's got a collar on. Control uh, metaphors, yada yada yada. Gideon, which,
3: by the way, she wears chokers for this whole movie, and then this is like the and this she is does. the only outfit, which is like she's wearing like what legit looks like a collar. Like it's such a it's thick got choker. like a studded texture yeah, to it, and it, it, it looks, looks like yeah. a dog collar. It, it's like, meant to it's look
1: not <laughs> chained
3: up than the yeah. rest of them are. But I do find it interesting that she's wearing chokers throughout the whole movie, which may allude to the fact that she's never quite been over Gideon, even when she was, like, hanging mm -hmm. out with Scott. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways, yeah. it's it's great. It's great. Yes.
2: Uh, I love it. It's so
1: good! (laughs) Gideon also informs Scott that Sex the Bomb is opening at his new theater, and he wants Scott to come and listen to them play.
0: Which, by the way, if you're confused and you're like, okay, wait, so he left the party, or so right. he left about all the bands, the amp versus amp, and he hit his head on a post, and then he talked to Stacy, and then he went home to Wallace, and Gideon called him it and was like, like
3: the same night. oh,
0: you're not, yeah. like, come to our opening tonight? In the deleted scenes, a day uh, passes where Scott is, like, wandering around, like, it's the night, and then it's mm, the morning, and he's mm. wandering around, and then it's the following night, scene there. and he returns to, he returns home to yeah, Wallace,
2: missing scene there. so...
0: <laughs> for you, you it's fine that they yeah, cut it. but you. if since the first time you watched this movie you've been like Wait, it's been
3: one it, whole night
1: what?
0: like me that's your that's your <laughs> right. answer that's why yeah, it's yeah. like that
1: uh wallace gives scott another pep talk this time telling him to finish gideon it's time to fight don't give up the battle yet and scott dramatically gets dressed except for a moment where he takes a couple extra seconds to quietly tie his shoe and then he takes off for the show at the chaos theater Arriving, the band is in there singing about how they're literally having no fun. Sex Babom has sold out and they're not happy about it. And their music sucks. Uh, and Gideon is sitting on top of a giant pyramid. He calls out to Scott and Gideon tries to give like this whole monologue to talk Scott out of the fight. And Gideon's like, why would you want to fight me for Ramona? And Scott declares his love, earning a flaming katana from the power of love that he pulls out of his body like a Saint Seiya scene. Scott earned the power no, wait, of love. you a revolutionary girl. Never mind, what? this is not real.
3: Don't worry, you saying power of love. What? <laughs> As, <I'm- laughs> As don't know about it. <laughs> no, it's, it's the, uh? you want to fight me, me for her? Yeah, Scott earned the power of love. And he just yanks out of his chest. Like a fucking
1: yes,
3: a anime fiery hero. fiery katana.
1: Yeah. Uh, the fight begins. Uh...
0: Katana? <laughs> katana? Sorry, I
1: was thinking of Mortal Kombat. I ah! love
0: Settlers of Katana. One of my favorite board this games.
1: Is
3: it's
0: so... <laughs> it's the this She's... is Katana. This is Katana.
3: This is Katana. We know I speak she... it. How it's sword drops it. the souls of Katana. <laughs>
1: Monotonously at Gideon's command yells that they are sex bomb and they are here to play but are not having a good time about it. Uh giving him (laughs) We're here
0: to sell out and stuff. We're We're here to sell
1: out and stuff. Uh Scott takes out Gideon's goons, no problem, but and Gideon whips a cane sword out, destroying Scott's own power of love as they clash as it shatters into a million pieces. And it looks like Gideon is gonna finish off Scott, but knives intervenes, flying in through the ceiling, this time with actual knives. Uh, Gideon goes into a whole speech as, like, why why would you fight for him? And she's like, I'm not here to fight you. I'm here to fight her, dude. And points <laughs> to Ramona. So now we've got Scott versus Gideon and Ramona versus Knives in full swing. Scott gets a break from Gideon by throwing him off of the pyramid and goes to break up the Ramona and Knives fight, revealing that he cheated on both of them with each other, uh, but not handling that whole admission of guilt very well. And Gideon stabs him in the back declaring that you can't cheat death as Scott finds himself uh, fading to black. And when we come back up, he's in that barren desert once more with Ramona echoing in his head as she roller skates on up to him because God forbid this woman not be on roller skates. Um,
0: It was the 2010s. It was a different time. Everyone had to be on wheels. And this
1: is the same theory of movement as Jupiter Ascending had, and I have some serious questions (laughs) about it. Uh... Ramona admits that she was obsessed with Gideon, even though he ignored her, until she left, which is when he started to pay attention to her. And she explains that it's like he has mind control over her in that he literally has mind control over her because she has a chip on the back of her head that he put there that allows him to control her when he's around. Um, Crazy. And she, before Scott kind of fades off into the great beyond dying for realsies. She tells him that maybe I'm not the one you should have been fighting for. And he's like, yeah, this is a great life lesson, but I'm still dead. But savvy, remember savvy listeners will remember yes. his one-up from earlier. That wasn't just a visual device. It's coming in to be plot-relevant now. He's um, got a life. He's got an extra life.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's so <laughs> good. The, the whole idea, though, that... Because um, he's, he's going to come in with a different power uh-huh. than love. Mm. That, yeah, love, he's had the power of love all along. And it's gotten him this far, but fails... In the point where he's, uh, just like um, he was chasing Ramona, Ramona's been chasing Gideon. Uh, When she left, that's when, like, tried to get her own self-respect. That's when Gideon became interested mm-hmm. in her. Only by, like, looking inward and, like, growing as a person is he going to become worthy of Ramona. It's not about loving her. That's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> good so enough.
1: good. Um, He speed runs the entering the club. He, you know, busts past the bouncers, does the whole speech and everything, and he re-enters the theater, this time immediately telling that, you know, young Neil, you're doing better than I ever was, and the band is stronger than ever, and I'm gonna, you you guys are doing great, I'm sorry Kim, and kind of skips his whole speech, uh, earning the respect of his friends. Uh, He skips past Gideon's speech, and when Gideon asks are you really gonna fight me for her, Scott replies, no, I'm gonna fight you for me, earning the power of self-respect, once again in katana form. Scott earned the power of self-respect. Uh,
0: <laughs> Scott earned the power of <laughs> self-respect. And this
1: time when Kim starts the music, it's with hype and friendship powering through. We are here to Bilgram. watch Scott Pilgrim take your teeth. teeth. One, two, three, four. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: we speed run the whole fight, but this time Scott gets big hits in on Gideon. And when Knives jumps out, Scott's admit, Scott admits that it was him who hurt both of them. And then the device on Ramona's neck powers off she is free from Gideon's control. But Gideon ain't dead. Uh, and he does some, like, shadow clone jitsu to summon a bunch of, uh, clones of himself. And he and Scott face off. But this time... Also, he summons, like, the dopest 8-bit katana ever. Yes. He summons I, cool swords. It's so cool. Uh, this time... I want it. Knives help Scott fight, making Gideon swallow his gum, which really triggers him. Uh... <laughs> The trio continues to fight on top
0: of this like (laughs) He does does not. not, That's going to be in my
1: digestive tract for seven years. (laughs) The trio continues fighting on the ziggurat, Ramona watching. Uh, Knives gets kind of like knocked off the edge and is hanging on by a thread. And Gideon once more breaks Scott's sword. Uh, But this time Ramona walks over to Gideon and kind of plays like she's still under his spell, but kicks him in the balls and then they fight a bunch. Let's both be girls. (laughs) Yeah. Ramona gets knocked down the pyramid, taking a lot of bad damage. And uh, <laughs> Knives and Scott are rallied by the power of friendship and do their, this is the, another callback to the Ninja and Revolution game. They do their routine from that yes. game in perfect sync.
0: Now that they've been honest yes. with each yes. other, they are both back in yes. sync. Yes,
1: taking down Gideon, <laughs> who begins to kind of glitch out, saying that Scott is a pain in his ass and how dare he destroy the league, which took him like two hours to find all the contact info for. <laughs> and Scott's like, I may not be hit. But you are blowing up right now and kicks Gideon into a shower of coins for one final KO, um, realizing that the destruction of this record uh, label producer means that their band is definitely out of money. Scott, not Scott, Stephen and Young neil immediately begin scooping up as many coins as they can carry, which was a hilarious detail to include. Yes. See, he won. He, he was worth like a million <laughs> coins or something. He was the big boss. It was a lot. He was yeah, the, he was the, the final boss ish he's very rich. Point, like castlevania he was the final boss in name but he was not the final boss in actuality because mm. his glasses begin to call to scott saying <laughs> that he may defeat him but can he defeat himself and nega scott materializes behind scott. scott it's him but he's in like <laughs> he's all in grayscale and he's blown out
3: in his inverse colors it's like red eyes like yeah. it's, very, it's very uh reverse flash
0: Which. They allude to in yes. the deleted scenes. He, he sees the Negascot in reflection sometimes mm. after he's done something. Yes, it was in Gideon's glasses. good. Yeah. It was yes. really cool.
3: That's how he came out, but, which is very yeah. cool. Yes.
0: Early early in the movie, he sees him in, like, the bathroom, oh. too, but that ended up getting yeah. caught. So they, they seed it early. They seed it with the ninja yes. game, but then they with also seed it earlier in the deleted scenes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, the girls cool. square up to fight Scott, but Scott is like, no, this is my fight. And a solo round begins. But we cut away from that battle to the exterior of the theater where Knives and Ramona are standing around. And Scott and Scott walk out, <laughs> hand in hand, hanging out, chatting about the brunch they're going to go get later this week. Um, <laughs> having not defeated the evil inside of him, but instead just Befriend accepted it. that that is a part of him and befriended it and made his peace with it. They're which getting is brunch. It's adorable. Nice. Yes. The movie wrought with so much fighting. This it was yes. a very
0: nice moment. Yes. I, I, I it. agree. It's um it's it is similar, though slightly different um in the in the source uh where he f- before facing Gideon, he has to fight the Negascot and has to accept that. It's not the final Gideon is still the final boss, uh the Negascot is the thing he has to defeat to finally get mm-hmm. to that point, which I thought was interesting. And it's also um I think made a lot more it works totally fine in the film, but I think made a lot more explicit, which I liked, where um, is after he he and Ramona have broken up and he kisses Kim. Uh, and she's like, you can't just keep doing mm-hmm. this to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Negus Scott appears and they fight. And uh, she says, uh, if you just keep fighting your past, if you don't learn from your mistakes, you're going to keep making them over and over. Uh, and he says, I don't care. It's easier than having to live with myself. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, oh yeah, that's the whole distillation of right, Scott yeah. Pilgrim in that one line. I, I wish... And of course, that volume doesn't come out until after the movie's released. Huh, so, but right. uh, uh, retrospect, I'm like, oh, it would have been very cool to have that line because I feel like that's the whole point of Point of Scott. But they change it here where it's the final thing he has to overcome, and yeah, he yeah, does that.
1: Yeah, he accepts that part of himself. Um, <laughs> like he accepts like that death part of himself, which is also your what boss happens. Is vanquished seeing nega scott walk off into the great beyond uh knives and scott chat a little bit having a nice little uh, their chemistry is back together and they seem to be happy yeah. with each other as much chemistry as they <laughs> ever had is back together um and ramona's like i should disappear and starts walking off uh she's like i need a new life and you're the nicest guy I ever dated but i need i need to i have to move on my past followed me here um And as she's walking away, Knives is like, Scott, you idiot. Go get her. She's who you were fighting for, even though you started fighting for yourself. I'll be fine. I'm too cool for you anyways, which is true. Um, And Scott runs to catch up with Ramona, asking if he can go with her. And they smile and hold hands into another door to nowhere. As the ninja dance game counts down to one and we cut to credits. So,
0: So I'm curious. So here's my... Uh, I'm curious yeah. your thoughts on this because here's the second thing about this movie that I don't like the casting of Michael Sarah. And I feel mm-hmm. like the movie is confused on whether it wants Scott to be with Ramona yes. or with knives because yeah. the original ending, not in the book, but in the movie is Scott and knives go together. Scott has learned that he's been chasing something this whole time and that he should be mature and try to That make makes
3: less sense for. for me though. Which
0: retrospectively she's yeah, 17.
3: It's-
2: he really no. shouldn't be
0: doing that. But even even putting aside how gross that is, the movie seems to be pretty convinced, even though they, they ended up changing the ending because people didn't like it, they reshot it. Um, the movie seems to be pretty convinced that like the mistake he made is dumping knives mm. and that he needs to like go back and mend that. Even though I I think that in the end they mostly stick the landing with it being oh, he and Knives, he he repairs that. He doesn't need to get back with Knives. He just needs to fix that. And that um, uh, Ramona needs to stop running away and he needs to stop settling for what's easy. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like it does in the end come down on the side of Ramona, but I'm curious if you guys watching it were like... Uh, "Hmm."
3: I disagree with both takes. I don't think he should be with either of them. Mostly because while, yes, he has earned the power of self-respect which is, like, you know, good Uh, in that moment. That is, like, one step on his journey, and it's, like, just the beginning of it. Like, he's not a complete person yet, clearly, and I don't think he... uh, Not deserves... Like, yeah, yeah, deserves, because they're both basically just prized in this movie. I don't think he deserves a girl in this movie. Yeah. I, I...
0: this movie does treat them both yeah. like prizes quite a bit. They're way less They're
3: characters. not characters. They're just prizes for Scott to win or lose. And I... Yeah, I don't... I don't think it works either way. I... What I'm hoping happens... Like, yes, it is nice that he... Ramona, like, accepts him. We're just, like, kind of, like... You know, she... Uh, uh, seems to at least tolerate him more at the very end of this movie. And is, like, willing to let him tag along to wherever the hell she's going. Um... But uh, it's just – it. I just don't – I'm, I'm kind of hoping that post that, they, like, actually work on having a relationship and him not just being, like, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. in love well, with her that comes, and get, yeah. being completely one-sided. It comes back to the
0: whole thing about this – Exactly, well, one mm-hmm. side, exactly, it comes back to the whole problem of the movie being two hours, yeah. and it's a movie of only about Scott, and basically everyone else orbits the sun that is yeah. Scott in this I would've movie. I would have been much happier. As opposed to when you have more time.
2: Yeah,
0: I- the the problem with adapting anything, where it's all this, you mm-hmm. gotta scrunch down all the source material. Um, you yeah. get way less of, like, Ramona growing and changing and way less of, like, Knives getting over Scott and being like, oh, the same way I was easy, like, an easy relationship for you, you were, like, a high school crush for me. Because the, the story takes place over, like, two years or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So she's, she also moves on. But you don't really get that in this. Yeah. Which is, which is unfortunate. And it kind it of, kind of detracts, I feel like, in ultimate life. Yeah,
1: I think it's interesting that the original ending was for Scott to end up back with Knives. I think you yeah. get that's sort of a vibe that you get throughout the movie from the way that it's, it's structured and how much of knives there is in it for relative to like what her end role is, because fundamentally she is kind of working as an opposite. She's not quite a foil to Ramona because neither of them are enough of characters in their own right to necessarily foil each other, but they work opposite each other in the end. And um, for that, that for Scott to make the realization that he wronged both of them in a way. Um, and I, like I think you do need that moment because Scott has to own up to what he's done uh, but I don't love like I, I personally agree with the test audiences I would not have liked an ending where Scott ended up with knives um, I don't necessarily think I like an, audience, an ending where he ends up with Ramona either. I'm kind of yeah. ambivalent. I'm, I like, I like the happy ending yeah. of the movie. But, it, but at least it's more
0: ambiguous yeah. where yeah. he's like, let's more con- continue three, yes. two, one question yes. mark. Yes.
2: And it where you're out. like,
0: okay, something new is starting yeah. here. Um, but like, yeah, definitely the fact that he like defeats right. Gideon by being mm-hmm. in sync with knives is yeah. definitely you're like
3: this yeah. movie wanted he and knives yeah. being Like, right. in like I first watched it, I was very confused by that because I'm like, yeah. that's great they're Which getting is, back and so, yeah. like that means that they're gonna get back together. Like, what does this mean exactly? Like thematically, like I don't really yeah,
0: yeah. The, you know I, the best I can intuit is that it's it's about them being like honest yeah. with each other and both on the you're same page. Right. But yeah yeah but it, it's it's muddled because. Yeah. They were, when their relationship was working, the video game, they worked together with the video game, and although then the relationship fair, wasn't working, the video game failed, so when they work again with the video game, it kind mm-hmm. of feels like it should It should be that the relationship's although, working, but it's...
3: Although, to be fair, their relationship never really was working, like, you can tell, like, That's like first shot that he is not <laughs> into so this one-sided. relationship, so, like, I don't know if you can use that as a metric per se, because Scott never seemed into this relationship. The most he ever seemed into it was when they were talking outside.
1: Scott's
0: very not happy Yeah,
1: with I would say in the language of the movie as close to working as their relationship ever gets is when they're in sync at the beginning playing that video game. Mm-hmm. So when you do the callback at the end, naturally you're going to call back to the beginning of the movie where they work True. together. Yeah. And I think, I think Austin, you hit, hit it around the head there where you're talking about how much prevalence she has in the final fight, both working in sync with Scott and then sticking around at the end for him to like mm-hmm. say goodbye. She's too cool for him. Uh, I, I think just how much of the her there is at the end of the movie really shows yeah. what the original ending was supposed to be, and then also that's what kind of makes it the new ending not work as well for me. Is I'm like, there's too much knives. Yeah, it's kind of muddying the waters on what I what we should be ending on here, which is the ambiguity of like whatever Mona and Scott are gonna do, like whether right. you believe that they stay I mean, together I, forever or yes. not. You know, there's a lot happening in that last bit of like reconciliation that sort of already happened. Through the ramona and knives fight and we don't necessarily yeah. need knives to stick around and be like i'm cooler
3: than you now because we the audience understand that she's always been cooler than. <laughs> oh for sure i do appreciate that it is somewhat ambiguous more ambiguous with the ramona thing it would be much less ambiguous if it were on for knives if he ended up with knives it's mm-hmm. yes. what i do appreciate is i just disappear through a door who knows what'll happen um which is why i still prefer it to knives thing but again. I would like to reiterate, I don't think Scott should be with either of them. I, they are way better than him. And he is not a complete person yet. And he does not deserve the girl yet. Yeah. Um,
0: and that comes down, again, that comes back to like, the casting of Michael yeah, Sara's like, like, oh, this man is a wet boy. He's sort of. Scott Pilgrim is very much nothing. Uh, and it's good that he's. It feels more like he's starting his journey. Exactly. You're exactly. right. When he, when he pulls the power source yes. back yep. finally. So.
3: Yeah. Well, that.
0: A, a downer <laughs> note but this movie yes. is so fun we, you can hardly <laughs> even tell this movie is a,
3: it's roller a blast. coaster. Yeah, I feel like we didn't even come close to doing it justice <laughs> no and there was never a situation where we could do it justice yeah. because there's no way it's, to verbally so explain
1: the visual language of this movie and have it have as much impact as the visuals do uh, but just to sort of like wrap this up because uh, we're coming up on time. What are some of you guys' like okay. <laughs> closing closing thoughts for this movie? We sort of touched on it when we were discussing the ending here. But uh, what, are, what are some of your takeaways? Um, I think the answer is kind of similar for all of us. But do you recommend our audience go and watch this? And maybe in what scenarios should they watch it?
2: Austin, <laughs> we'll start with you. Uh, uh,
0: definitely watch it. The scenario is anytime, all mm-hmm. the time. It's super fun. Uh, be ready. I mean, I think maybe the best viewing experience... Would be if you didn't realize how weird this movie yes, was. Yes. And you watched it, that's not possible. Basically, <laughs> uh, but I think it's great. Um, I highly recommend picking up anything by Brian Lee O'Malley, mm-hmm. especially Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, the entire series is um, uh, Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life. I think I, I forget, but anyway, the the entire Scott Pilgrim six volume set is super good. Um, and gets into a lot more of the characters and I feel like has a way more uh, complete and uh, fulfilling ending for Scott and Ramona where they do choose to make it work and it makes sense um, mm. but yeah love this movie, watch it Edgar Wright is a brilliant filmmaker and this is one of the best uh, examples of adaptation yeah. uh, both in how it succeeds literally and in the strong choices it makes to change from the source mm, material yes. so.
3: it's just great for me, it's like uh, I, I I love a movie that is weird in all the right ways, and this is a movie that is so weird and so great and so enjoyable and just really surprising. Like it'll it like every other Edgar Wright movie that has ever come out ever, except for Baby Driver. It it, it did not do well in theaters. <laughs> it had more way more of a cult following. Uh, it actually came out the same uh, year as Tron Legacy. <laughs>
1: If that tracks. If that
0: tracks. Yes, uh, true. They came come out 2010. That's yeah. crazy. Tron Legacy feels like it came out three years ago to me, and Scott Pilgrim feels oh, like Austin, it. Oh, Austin,
1: I have. some I mean, terrible life, news though. about when Tron Legacy came out. <laughs> Tried twelve years ago.
3: <laughs> Way too long ago.
0: Disney's still trying to build the ride, so it feels to me like uh-huh. a contemporary. Yeah. Uh, they're they're coming, a, they're coming out with a. They're coming out with a
3: third one. You know that, right? There was a second. I didn't know. <laughs> what? That. Tron Legacy was the second. Oh, okay. I'm
0: sorry. Tron I thought Legacy you meant a sequel the
1: after Tron Legacy. Like, like a sequel yes. to Never, never mind. Yes. Never
3: mind. Uh, with mind. Uh, with a. Uh, what's his face? No, no.
1: I thought you meant that Jared Leto, Tron I Legacy think? was the first and you were counting it no, from there. No, 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 I no. I understand now. You mean that there is a third movie in the Tron yes. realm. Yes. Understood. Yes. Understood. Yes. Message received.
2: Okay. Uh, but to
1: kind of bring it back to scott program i mean i agree with both of you guys go watch it it's a it's a yeah, really fun it's it's, it's, great. it's a rare uh connection of really really incredibly well crafted in pretty yes. much every single element and fun to watch not like like you could say there's a lot of really well constructed movies but the maybe aren't the most fun to watch looking at you most of the best picture winners up until uh. like 1972 um this movie is enjoyable. You could watch it solo or with friends. You'll have a good time. You're not going to be left, like, ex- existentially wandering necessarily. Um, and I think that's a movie that, even though we have complained quite a bit on this podcast about the primary <laughs> casting of Michael Sarah, is really well cast in its supporting yes. cast. Every single actor is acting to the to floor with incredibly, like what should be There's kind no of one note characters that are vivid and alive and it's worth watching it's so much oh, personality, personality. I mean, they're
0: all so too yeah, yeah yeah so it's,
1: it's a good watch and then it, it sounds like it's a good read as well i'm yeah. glad that at least one of us has read the series on this podcast <laughs> um but that's uh that's time for us so yeah. before we we go out if guys want to find if our audience wants to find more austin and tess where can they find austin and or tess
0: uh, well you won't find us <laughs> together uh, unless he so, reminds so, us of the street or something will never be caught dead <laughs> in public together <laughs> unless you want to hang out with us um, uh, where can you find me you can find me uh, at, AT the funk on Twitter. That's at, at the funk. And uh, more importantly, uh, I have a podcast Woo. coming out, uh, which is helmed, uh edited everything by Sophia. It's a D&D <laughs> actual play. Uh, and the first episode will be out by the time you yeah. listen to this Woo. one. Uh, it's called Rolling with Difficulty. I am the DM. Uh, it's sort of a, um, it's a high, you know, D&D uh, is a genre to itself. So it's that D&D fantasy, but also uh, takes a lot of inspiration from uh, some like Space mm. Western, Star Cowboy Wars Bebop. kind of uh, vibe. <laughs> yeah. So, Cowboy Bebop, yeah. Uh, a lot of that kind of Firefly, that kind of vibe. So, if if that sounds like your shtick uh, and you like really long podcasts, <laughs> you made it to the end of this one. So, I, I assume you do. Uh, go give it a
3: listen. Yeah, and then Tess, what about, uh, what about you? What you got cooking? Um, I'm not really on social media, but I somewhat recently started editing for this really, really cool YouTuber named Jill Barup. She is a fight choreography specialist. Uh, she... Basically breaks down, uh, half the time she breaks down really cool fights. Uh, we have a Crouch, very hotly requested Crash and Tiger Hidden Dragon, uh, video coming out on Monday, and she also does, Oops. yeah, <laughs> and, uh, she <laughs> is, no, like, her most, her most insider baseball there for you, Austin. A little bit, a little bit.
0: <laughs> you actually told me that, I totally <laughs> forgot, I do remember now, and I think I said the same thing when
3: you yeah. told me that. Yeah, this time. is, like, her most requested fight. Uh, ever so it's very exciting it's very fun to work on and uh, she also does stuff like uh, make armor out of scraps in her garage uh, she's she's super cool and she's a very fun channel so check her out and yes awesome well thank you guys so much
1: for joining me in this very experimental group episode of movie struck picking a, a very requested movie I hope we did it justice. just the listeners out there uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another viewing experience and uh, until yeah woo. Woo, until then um I was supposed to do the OS pod outro for a second there. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to go, you know, I got to go learn to roller skate because apparently everyone in 2010 thought that that's how we were going to be getting around and I am behind the curve.
0: Bring back so. The world was a better was place. Was it?
1: Was it? It did I give mean, us yes. Jupiter. Probably not. So. <laughs> Shitty in I different was ways. In like, <laughs> yeah.
0: I was in just starting high school, so it seemed like a better
1: place. <laughs> yes. Well, on that note, adios, guys. We'll catch you guys on uh, the next episode. And thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Movie Struck. We'll be back on January 24th with another thrilling installment, but if you have any questions, comments, or concerns for the podcast before then, feel free to email us at moviestruckpod at gmail.com. For links to our guests this week, check out all of their fun socials and other projects in the show notes below. And if you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. Thanks for listening.